Hi. We're here. Oh, Jesus oh my God. <laughs> Sorry. We're here. Sorry, fellas <laughs> and ladies and non-binary pals. I'm gonna blow out the microphone. <laughs> yeah, wow. Wrestling, 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 wrestling. <laughs> we watched a wrestling recently, and yeah. it was a pretty good wrestling. So it was we, a very good wrestling. It was, yeah. it was. So we figured we should talk to you about the wrestling. I watched it twice. I, dang, yeah. nice. We're mm -hmm. a couple weeks out from it now at time of recording. Uh, but, uh, you know, they, AEW only does four pay-per-views a year, so it's, oh, you know, great. we're fine. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, it's so awesome. awesome. Yeah. yeah, they have... They WWE had a pay-per-view since, yes. and I think they're going to have another one before this episode goes up. Yes. And it's like, that's too much. It's too many pay-per-views. It's too many. How can't, do you feel? Do I it. mean, it's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> since I... Uh... Oh, this is... Hi, I'm Graham, and this is Adam, <laughs> uh, and Beej is on tech, and this is Sidewalk Slam, the show where we talk about uh, professional wrestling from the perspective of uh, storytelling and production and uh, and other things beyond just the, the in-ring stuff, though the in-ring stuff is also relevant uh, and... and 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 entertaining it's good. great but i think it's boring to talk about yeah you know like, oh an insegiri neat <laughs> yeah, neat yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. it's a step up insegiri yeah. yeah so it's like tope suicida tope con hello tope <laughs> something some other ones yeah there's other topes yeah i don't know but man it is okay so it's been a while yeah since we've talked about wrestling i don't even remember the last episode we did we it didn't even do Revolution, wasn't it? Yeah, we didn't even do the Royal Rumble this year. No, we didn't. I didn't even watch it. Oh, I did. Yeah, it was, and it was for, for for a Royal Rumble, which again, this is like the first episode we ever did was a Royal Rumble, and we've yeah. done everyone since then, and because uh, the Royal Rumble is like my favorite match type, and a Rumble is even if it's a bad Rumble, it's always entertaining just on the back of being a Royal Rumble. Yes, and uh, this year they had once again they had the women's Rumble and the men's Rumble, and uh, they were just like. They were boring rumble matches. Mm. They were just like, there was a whole, it, the, the, the men's rumble especially was just a mess of like a bunch of, because they fired so many people. So it was a bunch of like mid to low card jobbers for like the first half of it. Mm -hmm. And like people I've never heard of. Yeah. Like I was watching it uh, remotely with some friends and there people would come in and we'd be like, I, I don't know who's Madcap Moss. Yeah, I have no idea. I don't know who this person is. And there, there, there was several people. There was someone from NXT that we just never heard of. And it's mm -hmm. like, okay, NXT well, they're not winning. Revamped, I think, since yeah. last time we've... Yeah. Like, NXT is like... It's like, we're just going to kind of... This is kind of a general catch-up. NXT 2.0. Yes. And they, like... They turned it into a '90s kids show. It feels like a little graphically, bit. yeah. Graphically. It's all it's all rainbows and like yeah. really bright lighting, and it's, it's yeah. like it's like white with rainbow accents. Um, I've been, haven't really been following it, but the current champion is uh, Braun Breaker, <laughs> yes, who is the son of Rick, Rick Steiner. Steiner, yeah. Um, and for some reason, they ha don't call him Braun Steiner or whatever, Steiner. even though they're like they've acknowledged on camera that he is Rick Steiner's son mm -hmm. his name is braun breaker i wish they would have called spelled b-r-e-k-k-e-r yeah, i wish they would have called him heimer steimer that'd be a good name right uh but he's been he's been people a, chanting it like he's been okay at least but like there's they're doing a lot more like people going going back to nxt like apollo cruz just showed up in nxt mm -hmm. and Dolph like, ziggler was there you mean, i mean coffee i mean why not he won the title 
Did he? Yeah. Oh, good for him. He like won the title and then lost it again. He was like, it was him and Tommaso Ciampa and Braun Breaker in like a three-way. Oh, okay. And I think uh, Ciampa's on the main roster now. Yeah, Ciampa's on the main I haven't watched main roster WWE or outside of like small clips. No. Uh, in a very long time. Yeah. Uh, I just have like no interest. No. <laughs> I don't know, man. I was just like, they fire a bunch of people and it just like, I... I watched. I wa- it's like when SNL changes casts. Yeah. Kinda. Yeah. yeah. When they when the great all NXT this happened, all these new future performers are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when there was the great NXT Exodus. Yeah. You know, like Adam Cole left, Johnny Gargano left. You know. Yep. I I watched. Um, I did watch WrestleMania. Actually, we watched. And. Uh, it, it was bad. It yeah. was just not interesting at all. So the. Um, uh, Becky and Bianca Belair was a great match. Mm-hmm. Seth Rollins and I guess we'll have to talk about this briefly. Oh yeah, Cody Rhodes. Yeah. <laughs> that was an awesome match. Yeah. That was a gr- that was a really really good match. And so much of it, so much of the rest of it on both nights was just painfully dull. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, Beach looked confused there for a second. Like, wait, Cody Rhodes isn't he sort of integral to AEW? Yeah, great, great question, great Beach. Thanks yeah. for asking. Glad I could chime in. Yeah, yeah. thanks. Um, so yeah, Cody uh, is back in uh, WWE. Yeah. Um, there was uh, there was a lot of there was a lot of like, is this real? Is this storyline? What's going on with Cody? Like not re-signing with AEW. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's all kinds of speculation and rumors, and you know, it ultimately it just sounds like um, it came down to. Like, not purely money, but, like, money as it relates to creative control, uh, which I think is much more relevant for Cody. And uh, they parted ways amicably. Mm -hmm. And um, basically, uh, he made a deal with WWE that, that, that they're treating him amazingly. And it is to their interest to treat him amazingly to show other people currently employed at AEW, how well they could be treated if they came back across to WWE, but they uh, definitely wouldn't. But they're treating Cody very well. I didn't think about that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. So he's he's not... <laughs> that he, makes so much sense. Yeah. So he's not dashing Cody Rhodes. He's not Stardust. He is Cody Rhodes, the American Nightmare. He's got all his, his own branding. He's got his same theme song. He uh, he's got his entrance with the Cody Vader, where he rises out of the stage, which they did, don't do on the weekly shows anymore because it does. They, you were telling me they yeah. did it. They did it at Mania because they have the big Mania stage, and so he's you know smoking everything, and he rises up out of the out of the stage, you know, dreaming in my soul, <laughs> right? And then on the Raw afterwards, the the stage is like practically ground level so they can't do anything so they had they had a, a box yeah they just had a giant box with an elevator in it that they wheeled onto stage with a ramp like a plank leaning up to the box so that he would rise up out of the box and then walk down this plank onto the normal entrance ramp except it like didn't work right away so there's this amazing shot of it's like framed all the all all the massive LCD screens, and then the bottom of frame is just Cody's head, <laughs> just just 
neck up at the very bottom of shot, just sitting there looking around like, yeah, I'm cool. Gotta gotta yeah. keep looking cool, and then he starts rising my up. Bit part in Futurama. Yeah, yeah. So they they've dropped the they've dropped the the elevator from his from his like weekly stuff. But honestly, yeah. he's been, uh, you know, like that that match was great. His matches have been great. He's been presented very strongly. Like it eventually he will he will. I'm sure actually get the world title out of this. Yeah. Uh, except I was going to say he's been on a tear. Um, uh, <laughs> specifically his pectoral tendon. Yeah. Um, uh, so he's actually he had surgery and he's out of action for like they they said nine months. Yeah. Traditionally, people have been out, have been re- have recovered from this surgery in WWE after like six months. So they're saying longer. Didn't so that John when he comes Cena back for the Rumble, come yeah, back from a pec injury like four months or something. Yeah, it, it was wild. Wow, that was amazing. And it's he showed amazing what he, steroids can. Do. And he showed up at the Rumble too. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I don't know. <laughs> so this is, but he had a match with Seth Rollins at Hell in a Cell, and the thing is, it's like once the once that kind of tear happens, it doesn't actually get like worse. Yeah, um, and so. He did this match with Hell in a Cell with a torn pec, and yeah. this the bruising looked horrific. Yeah. He just had this big, the entire right side of his chest and upper arm was just yeah. purple, yeah, and wrestled a match, a Hell in a Cell match with Seth Rollins One to, to a victory. Apparently it was a banger match, too. I haven't uh, watched yeah, it. It's, all his matches, this feud against Seth has been really good. I and, mean, Cody's uh, been good for years. I don't know, I know. Why we're all like, we're all like, wow, that match was great. It's like, yeah. yeah. Cody's been spouting off bangers for years. So, yeah. We yeah. shouldn't be surprised at this point. It was a big, like, secret surprise uh, that, uh, that he was going to be at Mania, right? Like, an open secret, basically, because it was like, Seth's going to face an opponent of Mr. McMahon's choosing at WrestleMania. No one knows who it is, except everyone assumes it's going to be Cody, because mm-hmm. obviously it would be, and it was, and it was great. So. Dude, the pictures of his peck were gnarly. <sighs> I couldn't watch. I, like, almost couldn't look at the... Like, I almost don't want to watch the match because I know it's going to make me uncomfortable. I'm just like, I'm just oh, like ow, oh, oh, no, God, don't, please stop. Uh, Somebody, stop. Stop working the I bruise. Mean, yeah, there was a lot of, like, uh, talk, like, was it safe? He was, I mean, he was cleared by doctors. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people are like, what doctor? You know what I mean? Like, you just let know. Me see your, di- your certificate. You just know. That, like Doctors Vince... get a certificate diploma. <laughs> Let me see. Your... You know Vince loved it though, yeah. right? Like you know that Vince would have been like, ah, all right, great. Right. You know, old school wrestling mentality. Yeah. You know, show must go on and all that. And the thing is, Cody probably agrees. Like Cody's, uh, Cody's probably the same. I would. Oh think. yeah, he's yeah. like, no, no, I got to do it. I got you know. So it's like, all right, for the skipper. Yeah. So the the then again, I haven't watched this. I've just been sort of keeping up on it. Um, mm-hmm. on the next next Raw, Rollins comes out and is like, you know, you know, like, hey man, you know what? The better man won. You're dad would be so proud that kind of thing and then beats the crap out of him with a chair ah, it's like yeah. cody's out for nine months for this search, which is weird they didn't need an excuse no they didn't they didn't, didn't. need an on-camera excuse for why cody's going to be away for so many months because yeah. they they said he, they like in truth and in storyline they were like he's getting surgery for that he'll be out for a while but they decided to also also have him get taken out by Seth so I don't know whatever it's actually it almost like worked out better for Cody in the long run really like he's gonna be the biggest baby face on the planet when he comes back Mm -hmm. you know yeah and they also had um the other WWE interesting thing was um Edge has been starting this faction called Judgment Mm -hmm. Day yes or the Judgment Day and it was him and Damian Priest 
and then Rhea Ripley joined. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're all like being like dark and, you know, like the brood, right? It was like Edge is now Gangrel to yes. <laughs> Damian Priest and Rhea Ripley. Um, and then on uh, Raw, Finn Balor joined and then Edge got clotheslined by Damian Priest and they, they kicked him out of the Judgment Isn't Day. Isn't that weird? It's very strange. It's strange, right? I, I think it's a combination of they needed, with Cody out, they need another face. And uh, supposedly, this is all rumors, uh, they wanted to take the Judgment Day group in a more spooky, supernatural direction. And Edge was like, no, I don't, that's not what I want. And they're like, all right, well, we're, we're going to kick you out of the group then. <laughs> really? Uh, supposedly. Supposedly. Huh. But now that Finn Balor's in charge, maybe they that's can That's so weird because can I don't be know, demon. from what little I've seen of Edge talk outside of wrestling, it seems like he'd be down for that kind of thing, but. Yeah. Uh, uh, spooky. Man, you know, anyway. it would have been great for a Judgment Day. Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt, yeah. <laughs> That's a shame. I wonder what he's up to. I don't know. I, I hope, hope I uh, picture him like, you know, in like a field, you know, fucking picking pumpkins or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just chilling, mind yeah. his own. Isn't that what Bo Dallas is doing? Bo Probably. Dallas is a farmer now. Probably. He That's, has a farm. That's his brother. An organ yeah, he's an yeah. organic farm. He's just picking pumpkins and oh. tomatoes and doing his thing, living his best life. You have to believe. I do the sideways thumb thing. Yeah. Yeah. So Back in AEW, yeah, uh, it's double or nothing. This is the fourth annual double or nothing. So a uh, little bit of re relevance to the history here, of course, is that uh, AEW started um, with uh, so like basically someone I can't remember who, and you know it's irrelevant, but someone basically was like, "There's no way that Cody and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega are going to be able to put on a wrestling show and actually sell it out." Yeah, and they were like, "All right, bet." So they, uh, quite literally, they the, the that show was called, uh, was called All In, because mm -hmm. they're like, all right, we're going all in. And they did the show, and it sold out, and it was amazing. And it wasn't just them, obviously. It was a bunch of other people as well. Uh, and then after that is when Tony Khan got involved, and uh, Jericho came aboard, and um, then, you know, then sort of AEW came together. Yeah. And then uh, they got their TV deal lined up. Dynamite was due to start a few weeks after the first Double or Nothing. It hadn't started yet, um, but then the show was called Double or Nothing because they went all in. They won, so their second pay per view was like, "All right, Double or Nothing." Right? That's the mm -hmm. there's the gimmick. It's it's. Ah uh, uh, yes, I love gambling. They've got two. They've got AEW has two distinct gimmicks for their pay per views. Again, they've only got four of them. They've got two of them that are casino themed, mm -hmm. which is all in and double or nothing. And they've got two that are motor themed, which yeah. is full gear and revolution. Yeah, it's not revolution as in like the communist revolution. It's <laughs> literally like uh, the uh, when a thing goes around once. Yeah, you know, like sands the hourglass. <laughs> Exciting. Yeah. So. Anyway, so this is Double or Nothing. The, the first Double or Nothing is when um, John Moxley debuted, and that was huge. That was what really helped spark a lot of interest in, like, oh, they might actually be a thing here, because mm -hmm. um, uh, he'd, he'd left WWE, and no one... So people still thought it was, you know, like a storyline until he showed up at Double or Nothing and attacked Kenny Omega, and then it all sort of developed from there. So now we are uh, four years on, Broadcasting live from the T-Mobile Arena in Paradise, Nevada. This is Double or Nothing 2022. The card on this lad. Yeah, it's absolutely massive. Yeah, there are 13 matches, 12 of which are on the ma main show. So the the the, the pre-show, the buy-in, more, more casino stuff, was um, 
I didn't actually watch it either. It was Hook and Danhausen versus Tony Nice and Smart Mark Sterling. That's been great. Yeah, I guess we could talk about Danhausen. Very nice, very He's evil. Very nice, very evil. He's like a man. What is he like? I don't know. He's not like anything. No. Danhausen is a uh, he's a caricature essentially. Yeah. He 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 wears face paint. He he looks like an old he looks like an old-timey movie villain and he yes. talks like one too. And I mean yeah. like from like the black and white era of talkies. Yes. He has described his own character as Conan O'Brien possessed by a demon. Sure. Yes. Yes. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's, right. yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He believes he has supernatural powers. Yes. Yes. He curses people. Oh my yeah. God. He does yeah. a lot of like. And people sell it. They're so good, man. He cursed William Regal, and Regal like pretended his leg stopped working. It was so good. Yeah. Oh, you can always trust Regal to really. <laughs> oh, sell Regal. Buy, yeah. Regal's like I'm all in. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care great. how goofy it is. Yeah. Like, wrestling's great. Just. And uh, and and Hook. Yeah. Is a wrestler basically memed into existence um hook it's taz's is kid. it's taz's son yeah the, the uh yeah the 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 what's taz's nickname the sub- submission machine what is it oh taz no samoa no. joe is the samoan, samoan submission, submission machine, machine. I can't remember what Taz's nickname I'll was. I'll find it. Yeah. Anyway, it's Taz's kid. Human suplex machine. That's the one. There Thank we you. go. I knew there yeah. was a machine it in there somewhere. There was a machine somewhere. in there somewhere. Yeah. yeah. It's very confusing. Yeah. yeah. I just wish he'd shut up during Lucha Express's entrance on, on uh, Rampage. Anyway. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, so he... So we actually talked about him briefly in the cinematic match with Sting and Darby Allen versus team taz yeah because uh, hook was there and like interfered and interfered there was no dq but he like he got involved but he wasn't really like necessarily a wrestler mm-hmm. and then after cm punk debuted in AEW, uh he got into a spat with taz at one point and punk was like what send send me any of your team taz cronies right like you know, like whatever, Ricky Starks or or Powerhouse Hobbs, send Hook, go for it. And then people were like, "Yes, send, send Hook, send Hook." He's just this guy with big hair. Yeah, he's just he's got anime protagonist hair. Yeah. Anyway, he did in fact have a match, and people were like, "Oh, he's actually good." Yeah. Because it could have gone either way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Turns out, no, he's actually just good. Turns out he can wrestle. And so they've teamed him up now with Danhausen into the tag team of. Hookhausen, mm-hmm. and uh, they're goofing around, and yeah, they had this. Both of them, they had right? this. They had this match at the buy-in. Yeah, I so. really like the way AEW slow burns a lot of their like talent. Mm. I think they're very good at it. Yeah, I mean it's it's like evident with like what they did on this card with like a lot of people, mm-hmm. especially the first match. Yes. So let's actually let's actually talk about the 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 show uh, yeah. proper. So the first match is uh, Wardlow versus MJF. Mm-hmm. Now. There's a lot to discuss here yes. in terms of storyline and presentation. So MJF, Maxwell Jacob Friedman, is just one of the best. Oh, he is. He might be the best. He's so good. Is he? He can cut a promo that just makes you hate this guy, mm-hmm. and it, he's so good at it. For quite a while, Wardlow, this huge beast of a man, has been his hired muscle. Mm-hmm. In storyline, Wardlow doesn't work for AEW. Wardlow works for MJF. Wardlow is under contract as a bodyguard to MJF specifically. Yeah. 
And uh, unsurprisingly, with MJF's character being a bastard, um, eventually Wardlow's like, you know what? F this. I want out of this contract. This sucks. I want to be a proper wrestler. And MJF is like, okay, fine. Uh, if you want out of the contract, you have to beat me in a singles match. But before we get to that singles match, you have to go through all of these hoops. This is something he's done before. Yeah. He did this with Cody. I think he's done it with with uh, some other people as well. He did it with Jericho. He yeah. Did it with, do you think it's played out? No, I, I, I mean, it doesn't happen that often. And it's it, it's definitely a, a thing of his character yeah. that I kind of like. So it's, you know, so he's like, okay, for you to even have a singles match with me first... Uh, you cannot touch me until this singles match to the extent that they actually cuff Wardlow and keep him backstage. Yeah. Handcuffed. You get 10 lashes with mm-hmm. a belt. Yeah. There's a thing he did to Cody as well. Like literally like you get whipped 10 times. Um, you have a singles match against Sean Spears in a steel cage and MJF is the referee yeah. and you have to win that match. Mm-hmm. And then you can have the singles match with with MJF. Yeah. So some 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 stuff I liked in the lead up when they were doing the contract signing to agree to all of this. Um they uh MJF was like was talking about how many lashes, right? Is like not one, not two, yeah. not three and he and he builds all the way up and he's like not nine. Sean, how many lashes will it be? And of course Sean Spears We've talked to him about him extensively before, formerly known as Ty Dillinger in WWE, the perfect 10, Ty mm-hmm. Dillinger. And they don't reference it very often yeah. in AEW, but they did reference it this time with like, and how many was that? And so Sean Spears sort of like, he like gets himself adjusted and then is, you know, does the like 10 and the crowd is like 10 and the crowd pops <laughs> for the, the 10. Thing, yeah, he did the thing. <laughs> Sean Spears is uh, the chairman of yeah. of... Uh, of AEW, not that's not uh, like a corporate. Th- he's he's the chair man. Yeah, he has he carries around the steel chairs all the time. He's, he like he has people with chairs. Yeah, that's his character. He he, he do the hit people like, with chairs. Yeah, it's like no one else is allowed to carry around chairs or anything like that. Yeah, like, there there was a backstage segment months ago actually, as this feud was starting to sort of percolate, where MJF was basically saying to Wardlow, like Wardlow started to complain and then MJF like deflected and turned it around and it was, it was brilliant. And it was like, look, you, you know, you weren't there when I needed your protection for this other thing. So, uh, I've assigned you an accountability buddy, <laughs> uh, which is, uh, Sean Spears. And it was clearly the first that he, Sean was hearing about it as well. So he was, he was like, he's like polishing a steel chair in the back of shot. Yeah. And he's like, Huh? <laughs> and then MJF leaves, yeah. and then Wardlow just stares daggers at Sean, who's like, "Hey, hey. <laughs> it was really good." Oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, they did the they they did uh, ten lashes with a belt on 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 an episode of Dynamite, and yeah. Wardlow like you know just sort of no took it. A lot yeah, yeah, because you know he's a big tough dude. Yeah. Um, Some of them they just teed off on the poor guy. Oh yeah. One of the ones that Sean Spears did, he like reached back like Randy Johnson. He's like, I'm gonna kill this seagull again, and he like wound <laughs> up. He's like, bang, and just hit him so hard. I was like, oh my god. Yeah. Uh, then uh, the the steel cage match. Yeah. Uh, was sweet. I watched this as well. Um, uh, so the <laughs> he comes out. Uh, Wardlow doesn't have his own theme music. 
So he gets led out from backstage, still handcuffed, surrounded by arena security guards. Mm -hmm. I don't know if this sounds familiar to anyone else's entrance, but the crowd do start chanting, Wardlow, Wardlow, akin to Goldberg, because yeah. he's being a, he's being escorted to the ring by security. Of course, he's handcuffed. Generally, then the referee or someone will then undo his handcuffs at that point. Yeah. But of course, the referee was MJF, so he's just like, no, you're handcuffed. <laughs> and ring the bell. So they're in a steel cage. Yeah. It's Sean Spears, Wardlow, handcuffed, and MJF as a referee who is obviously never going to, to give... Wardlow a clean count or any kind of advantage or anything. Eventually, Wardlow like hulks out of the, the you know snaps the handcuffs and uh, there's a ref bump. Like MJF gets taken out by Sean Spears by accident. Wardlow just like power bombs Spears like a bajillion times until eventually another official comes out and actually counts the like i'm just gonna keep hitting this guy power bombing this guy yeah, until just, another ref comes just out. gonna keep hitting yeah. this guy till another ref shows up and eventually another ref showed up and counted and so wardlow won that match yeah right. yeah which kind of seems weird right from a storytelling perspective where it's like why wouldn't aew just know i mean okay so i guess i understand that wrestling is stupid yeah all right okay, okay this good. is me knowing full well we've, we've right? established yeah. wrestling is stupid <laughs> wrestling is so dumb build and doesn't up make any sense yeah but it's just like, how as a company can you look at this and be like, yeah, this is okay. You know what I mean? Like, you'll get a fair shake, right? Yeah, we all everyone... like fair competition yeah. in our, in our, you know, we want to keep the spirit of competition. Like the, oh, Olymp yeah. like the Olympics was like, what if, what if in the Olympics, everyone's like, yeah, they're all French judges now. And everyone's like, ah, I don't know if I like that too much, right? Like, that seems a little shady, doesn't it? Like, no, 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 it'll be fine. In this instance, everyone agreed to it, <laughs> yeah. right? So. Yeah. yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess they're kind of like, yeah, well, you said yes. It is weird that it's like, technically, Wardlow is not an employee of AEW. Yeah. Instead storyline so it's like so you you're you, you want to use a spot on our weekly show you just imagine tony khan is listening yeah, to, yeah, to pitch yeah, yeah. from mjf and it's like hang on so you want you you're going to referee a match between our employee sean spears and your bodyguard mm -hmm. in a steel cage on our show yeah <laughs> you know it's like the insurance well, complications yeah. would be off the charts yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uninsurable yeah. yeah obviously it's like what would you do at that point yeah. right so anyway, Wardlow gets to have this match yeah. at uh, Double or Nothing, and if he beats, um, if he beats MJF, then he's out of his contract with MJF and can can do whatever he actually wants. Um, now there was some behind the scenes stuff that came uh, up around this yes, that yeah. I guess we should we should, we should about talk it. about yeah. because if it. You know, if a lot it, of this stuff, I never really believe it. I'm like, yeah, whatever, you know. There's definitely truth to some of what was going on here, and they have now sort of turned it into a storyline. Mm -hmm. But basically, um, uh, MJF is, I think justifiably, not happy with his contract status in AEW because he signed on very, very early on. And so now he, as one of the best draws in the company in terms of people tuning in to see what he's going to talk about is not getting paid as much as, you know, certainly not as much as like CM Punk or Daniel Bryan, mm -hmm. but, or Brian Danielson, JR made that same mistake the other day. Yeah. JR called him, JR called him Daniel Bryan on commentary yeah. and he's like, oh shoot, I'm not supposed to say that name. And William Regal was on commentary yeah. and he's like, it's okay. I made that name up. 
you're allowed. Because, <laughs> <laughs> of course, Regal was in NXT yeah. when Brian Danielson was there. Yeah, and so Regal's I guess the best, Regal would have been like, right, so we'll call good. you Daniel Bryan. How could you ever fire Steven Regal? I, I don't even know. can't imagine Man. what yeah. led to Regal getting fired from NXT. But now he's in AW and he's great. Yeah. he's He's been awesome. So good. Anyway, uh, I love he never calls Excalibur by his name. Whenever he joins them on commentary, he's like, good to see you, Tony, JR, man in the mask. <laughs> he always, you're looking resplendent today. <laughs> yeah. He's so good. Anyway, th this, this contract dispute, because they have, they haven't, they had not at this time been able to resolve it, is, uh, you know, like, is causing MJF, like, you know, distress. Yeah. To the point that he uh, no-showed the AEW meet and greet on the Saturday before this show on the Sunday. And so it was reported that he he missed the meet and greet, security didn't know where he was, uh, and that he'd booked a flight out of Vegas. He never got on that flight. He did show up to the show, but it was like, is he even gonna make it to the show, Yeah. right? And you know, people were like, look, if you got a problem, you know, like whatever, that you know, you deal with that with Tony Khan, but you can't, you can't fuck over Wardlow by not you know, that would be awful. It would ruin this whole storyline. I don't think he was ever going to do that. He yeah. didn't do that. He did show up. But um, it's sort of like it became this big, like, is this a work? Is this a shoot? You know, is this real? Is this a storyline? You know, like, whatever. And it's everyone scrambling to try and figure out what's real and what's not and disentangle, the, you know. And it, it seems like you know, there is very clearly a legitimate contract concern that they have yet been able to hash out. Uh, due to mental distress, MJF legitimately did not show up to the meet and greet. That was not storyline because they, you know, they had to refund like 10 grand worth of tickets to meet MJF, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever discussions happened prior to Double or Nothing or since Double or Nothing, they've sort of now turned it into a storyline to the extent that on the Dynamite immediately following this show, MJF got a microphone and basically did his own like in kayfabe but not storyline kind of you know the pipe bomb promo yeah. right where he's like it got bleeped on tv but he at one point yells at tony khan fire me you fucking mark <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. it was good it was a great it was, a, gr it was it great was awesome it was an awesome promo, promo right yeah. it was you know it's like you know, people getting worked right yeah. it was, it's wild to me yeah. that mgf could be the biggest heel on the planet but also the biggest baby face yeah you know <laughs> it's like, amazing man's, i mean i think if he like if he's not getting paid that much money i would be upset if i was him right like he is yeah. he is a talent right yeah. and i think it's deserved and maybe that's not the best way to handle it but and i i think it's i'm not in his position yeah right? and I, I think it's one of those situations where it's like he's got two two more years on his current contract right mm -hmm. and so it's like okay well we, you know we can do more money but then we want to extend the contract by like this many years and it's like well well no hang on yeah. i don't want to get in the same situation locked into less than i'm worth sort of thing right yes. especially when you look at how wwe is treating cody which is very well so yeah. Anyway, he does talk about how he's like my my uh, in twenty twenty four my contract's up. I might go over there, you know. It's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It's like they're they're chomping at the bit, you know. Yeah, they want to pay MGF the big money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, this match, this match is Before not. Before we start, yeah. <laughs> 
how funny was it when the when they're doing the entrances and Wardlow's sitting and they put him in like the drunk tank. They put him they, in the dr- the arena. The t- was this, this the T-Mobile arena? Yeah, yeah. They, they they put him in like where they put belligerent hockey fans. Yeah. But he's wearing his gear. Yeah. So how long was he in there for? Was he in there all day? I don't know. These are the things I think about. I'm like, man. So they're like, yeah, put on your. It's like 9 a.m. Put in your gear if you're in the arena. You got to be in the room, right? Yeah, the arena has a brig, essentially. He's like, he's like do I get my phone or anything? No, no, you just got to sit there. Yeah, and you're handcuffed. Gear. Yeah, just sitting there in a spandex. Like, it's like a unitard, right? Like, yeah. He's, like, he's wearing his onesie and just, like, just chilling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I found that relentlessly funny. It was very good. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, man. I wonder how long he's been in there for. So th- this 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 match was never going to be more than what it is, yes. right? It, this, this was never going to be, you know, like a... This is Achievement Unlocked is what this is. Yes, this yeah. is not a ring, uh, like a, a technical, uh, you know, showcase, right. right? This is MJF shows up, tries to get away, pleads for his life, and gets powerbombed 10 times. Yeah. Now, is that because of the 10 times that he got whipped? Uh, it's just, it's a good number. Yeah, okay. It's a good even number, That's Beach. Right. Yeah. So like basically, that. yeah, Wardlow just beats the crap out of him, power bombs him over and over and over again until he eventually just stands on him with one foot. And the ref, like, he does the thing where it's like he's pinned him, and the referee's like, one, two, and then Wardlow pulls him up, <laughs> right? And then keeps beating the crap the out of him. The commentators were great, too. Oh, yeah. Tony was great. Do it again. <laughs> Do it again. Well, because, yeah, Tony also hates MGF, yeah. right? Like, oh, what a dick. Yeah, he's like, oh, I hate this dick. Yeah. Powerbomb him again. So eventually, right, yeah, one, two, three, and, uh, you know, and Wardlow wins and then goes to the top of the ramp. And uh, Tony meets him there and is like, I've just received word uh, from, uh, you know, head of AW Tony Khan, Wardlow, you are all elite. So mm-hmm. he's been signed officially in storyline by all elite wrestling. So now he's a real wrestler. You're like, hooray. So, yeah. You're a real boy. It was a, it was a, it was a great start to the show, uh, and the 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 natural and expected conclusion of that storyline. And uh, some, you just wanged your elbow on the table. Are you all right? Yeah, I'm good. All right. And um, sometimes the expected <laughs> ending is the correct one. Yes. This this was good. This yeah, was they a took good. It was cathartic. Out on a stretcher and like yeah, they put the oxygen mask on his. Eyes. Yeah. They put the oxygen mask on upside down so it covered his nose, but then went like up over his, <laughs> his eyes. eyes. <laughs> it's like that guy's the legitimate AEW doctor, too. Yeah. It was just kind of funny. It's the same one that cleared Cody. Yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was great. Um, oh, right. There was the other half of the stipulation was if MJF had won, then Wardlow would never be allowed to sign with AEW, which obviously, which would never happen, obviously right? was never going to happen. So. Yeah. You don't let the golden goose away. Yeah. You know what? Mm. Even still, I don't know. There's something about big wrestlers I don't like. Oh, yeah. You know? Big chonkers. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like a Wardlow or like a Braun Breaker or, yeah. you know, Big Show. Just not a big fan, you know? I just can never get into them. But I can see their pot. Like, I just like, when I see them getting super popular, I'm like, I don't get it, mm. you know? But it's not for me. I, don't think. I like I like Wardlow. He, um, he... Uh, did a promo on the most recent Dynamite yeah. where they had a, there was a casino battle royal for um, a shot to, I'll explain more about this later. Let, suffice to say a shot at the world title yeah. and he wasn't in it. And he's like, oh, I didn't, I didn't ask to be in it because the champion had to vacate from injury. And so they're having a tournament for an interim title. And he's like, I don't, you know, that's our champion. When he's better, I'll fight him. I don't want to dick around with the interim title. Mm-hmm. So in the meantime, uh, I want the other title. Whereas, you know, and he calls out Scorpio Sky for the TNT title. 
right? And uh, Scorpio Sky's like, oh, but I'm also injured. And Wardlow's like, all right, get better. <laughs> I, I don't want you to 100%. I want you to 110%. But Graham, that's mathematically impossible. I didn't say Wardlow was smart. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I like I like that promo. So he's not just a big dude who can wrestle. He also yeah, he, he cuts a good promo, which I appreciate. Yeah. I guess maybe I'm just like scarred from years of WWE programming. Uh, yeah, that's you know, understandable. Where it's like big man, big strong. Yeah. I mean, when you end up with too many big men in the ring, they all tend to look the same size. Yeah. It, it's, it's wild seeing that disparity in AEW. Because um, I'm thinking specifically of Billy Gunn, mm-hmm. right? Who uh, was always just like, yeah, he's a he's a, he, he's like six five. Yeah, but in WWE, he's like, yeah, look at this Billy Gunn. He's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a big guy. Sure. In AEW, it's like, Jesus, Billy Gunn's enormous. Yeah. <laughs> just because the the average wrestler size is lower in AEW, <laughs> and his Billy Gunn looks huge. Billy Gunn's like forty five or something. How old is Billy Gunn? Forty five, fifty. Let's find out. Looks amazing. I don't know, but his the the stuff they've been doing with uh, his kids. So legitimately, his sons Austin and Colton Gunn. Yeah. The Gun Club, is their actual tag team name, the yeah. Gun Club. But they're paired up with a different tag team of the Acclaimed. They're great. Who are they've who are great? On me. Uh, yeah. Max Caster comes out and does like. 2008 John Cena raps yeah. uh, and it's it's he's they're very good the other half of the acclaimed is currently injured and so comes out in a in a wheelchair but he Max Caster in his raps refers to the gun club as the ass boys because of Mr. Ass because yeah. Billy Gunn was Mr. Ass yeah uh <laughs> And so, and they're always, their characters are stupid, right? And so they're like, don't stop, stop calling us the ass boys. (laughs) And then they grab the mic and are like, hello, wrong town. (laughs) And then the other one's like, no, you idiot. And takes it from him and is like, hello, different (laughs) wrong town. And then the guy in the wheelchair is like, oh my God, you guys are both the worst. And he grabs the microphone and then is like, hello, correct town. And then says to Billy Gunn, who's the one pushing the wheelchair around, because Billy Gunn prefers the acclaimed to his own sons, yeah. refers to them as his sons. Yeah, he then he puts his hands up in a in a V, yeah. uh, which then Billy Gunn gives him the the opposite V and jiggles their hands together. It, scissoring mm-hmm. is is what they call it uh, to the extent that the guy says on the microphone, "Scissor me, ass daddy." <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's, this, their whole group is just a menace. What era was this? Is this happening now? Yeah, this is is happening presently. 2022, this is, uh, the millennials are not okay, Beach. I thought you'd appreciate Scissor Me Ass Daddy. Billy Gunn is 58 years old. He's 58? 58. He looks amazing. He looks incredible. <laughs> oh my god. He's had so many names that I guess he'd have to be that old, yes. Yeah, yeah. He, was, he, was, he was he was he was he was half of the new age outlaws. Yeah. Yeah. Danhausen by the way, yeah. it might only be billed at 5 foot 10, but he does claim to stand 6 foot 7. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he would, yeah. So big men. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I don't actually think that any of the people we just talked about uh, feature on the show, but we had to no, fill you in. on it. Are they? Yeah, I think. Aren't they? Uh, It'll be a no. surprise when they show up. No, they're not. No, no they're no, not. I'm no. thinking. I was that. 
you were talking about that episode. It was an episode of Dynamite, yeah. I think, is what you referenced. And I'm like, yeah, they were on the show. There was uh, a clip. They showed a clip, actually, in I think during the show of them passed out in their hotel room. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Right. And Billy Gunn is filming on his phone and is like, oh, my God, what is it? And he, like, carefully tucks tucks Max Caster back into bed. He takes the blanket bed. off his own kid yeah. and puts it on Max Caster. He's like, here you go, buddy. You don't deserve to be cold. Yeah. You know? And the other guy's passed out with his hands up. Well, he's passed out in the wheelchair with his with his fingers up like this, and he's like, "Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> does the th- it's so fucking stupid." Anyway, <laughs> the next match has none of these people. Yeah, uh, none it's, of them. it's 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 uh, it's it's a brothers war. It's a it's brothers versus brothers. Matt and oh, Jeff, yeah. the Hardys, versus Matt and Nick, the Jacksons, the the Young Bucks. Mm-hmm. It's the Hardys versus the Young Bucks, not the Hardy Boys. That's trademarked. That's trademarked. But the Hardys. That. I'm surprised the music isn't trademarked. Like, I, where did the? How do they get the music? It must be. I don't recall who did it, but it's obviously like it's not WWE original. Yeah. I don't recall what their theme song is, but anyway. The Elite versus the Delete. Right. Or Delete versus the Elite. Right, right, right. Because the the Elite is the you know, the Young Bucks are part of the Elite, and you know the Hardys would d- delete, delete. Except he's not that. He's not broken Matt Hardy anymore. He's just Matt Hardy. Mm-hmm. Um, I've said before on the show that like. Every single Young Bucks tag team match that I've ever seen mm-hmm. is like they clearly got together ahead of time and were like, all right, what are five things that have never been done in a tag team match before? Let's do all of those now. Yeah. It's just, I don't know how they. They're incredible. I don't know how they don't run out of stuff to do, but I think it's amazing. The best, they might be the best tag team ever. Yeah. The, it's pretty close, the, I that, think. That cage match with them and the Lucha Brothers that yeah. we watched was like one of the greatest tag team matches I've ever seen. I don't think I've ever seen them have a bad match. No, I don't but think I so either. Been, admittedly, I've only been watching them really like during AEW. This was really this was close to them having a bad match, I think. Um, yeah, they they. But that wasn't their fault. No, no. they really carried this yes. this match because uh, uh, J- Jeff got um, knocked silly partway through. This match, like I think, like a third of the way into this match, and they they've confirmed afterwards that he something happened. He hit his head and just he doesn't remember most of this match. Oh, because uh, I was gonna say I was like Jeff seemed really out of Jeff it. was super out of it. I yeah. thought so at the time too. I was like, man, Jeff is like, did something? What happened? Jeff's yeah. like really like not like doesn't seem like he's all there right now. And yeah, that's he was not all there. Uh, so that makes so much more sense. Yeah. Okay. So this I was, didn't know that. This was still a surprisingly good match, considering one of the Hardys was like not totally conscious for large, for large portions. Oh of man, it. I got a I got a criticism. How <laughs> bad was the Ring of Honor guest announcer? Ah, mm. oh, sorry, whoever that was. Man, I feel bad, but he was. He was like at one point when the Young Bucks were making their entrance. He's like, "Yeah, I've had a lot of wars with these four guys in the ring right now," and it's like there's only. So is this Capri- only two? Is this Caprice Coleman? <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. No, thank you. Yeah. yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. There's only two right. I mean, he was talking about the Hardys, but yeah, he said four men in the ring right now, and I'm just like, maybe he's nervous. I don't know. I Probably. try not to be too critical because like I wouldn't be able to get up there. Like you put me behind that, and I'd be like, I don't know, man. I'm just huh? saying things. What do you think, Tony? Yeah. <laughs> I'd sound like Morty. <laughs> oh God. Oh, oh Jesus, Excalibur. Oh, <laughs> so I mean this this match this match happened because it's like it's it's a 
like there, there wasn't much storyline going into no. it. Essentially, this was it's a dream match because it's the Young Bucks and the Hardys, and I think they have they have actually fought before, like Twice. in R- Ring of Honor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Could you imagine? What we would have got if we got Hardys in their prime against the Young Bucks. That right would have now. been pretty sweet. I was thinking about that while I was watching this, and I was like, "Man, I don't want to say it's hard. It's sometimes it's hard to watch these older wrestlers because you knew how good they were when mm-hmm. they were younger, right? And everybody's body breaks down, and we're never as good as we were when we were younger, right? And it's like, man, they could have, they would have had an absolute banger if they just, you know, we invented time machines. Yeah, <laughs> that's all. That's all we got to do. Get on it. What's Elon up to, huh? <laughs> a bunch of wank. Yeah, not doing anything important like inventing time machines so I can watch wrestlers fight younger versions of themselves. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's ridiculous. Reminder, it is now 10 years since he said in 10 years he'd put a man on Mars. Wow. Just saying. All right. That's well. the that's the least <laughs> that's like the least meaningful criticism of Elon Musk someone could ever have. Mhm. But hey, ten years is ten years, right? What a knob. Anyway, <laughs> uh, this, like, yeah, there's no real storyline here. The match was entertaining. One part that did crack me up was uh, I. It might have been after, like, because you said Jeff got knocked silly early. Yeah. At one point, Jeff is standing on the apron, mm-hmm. and the crowd's going, "Let's go, Hardys! Uh, let's go, Bucks!" Yeah. And Jeff Hardy is like clapping along with every every chant, even the lips when they were like, he's like, "Let's go, Hardys! Let's go, Bucks!" He's like just <laughs> dancing on the apron, and I was just like, "Jeff, are you okay? What is going on?" <laughs> now that I know, that makes way more sense. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Young Bucks are incredible. Yeah. They lose this match. Well, I guess the Hardys win. They don't lose it. But... Yeah. But it's a, you know, it's it's a, it's a, yeah. It's it's still an entertaining match uh, regardless. Oh, the Young Bucks came out, came out dressed like uh, Elvis. They actually had a great entrance. The Super oh, Kick yeah. Party, like, uh, parody yeah. of Viva Las Vegas. So instead of Viva Las Vegas, it was Super Kick New Party. Super Kick yeah. Party. It's very silly. Pretty good, yeah. It this good. is... Previously, they had done they had uh, they had a match on the Go Home Dynamite where they were dressed like the Hardys. Yeah. Um, to the extent that they they had like the um, SmackDown like 2000s era like fun facts oh, yeah. in from the side, right? With like uh, Matt Hardy hates mustard. Yeah, like one of those things, and even um, uh, Matt Jackson dressed like Matt Hardy referenced a specific time when. Uh, Matt like screwed up his entrance and like hopped up on the rope to go like yeah the audience but just like flipped over it and fell out of the ring. <laughs> it's like that's such a deep cut. Yeah, it's such a needless deep reference that I, you know, I just appreciated it. The Young Bucks are very good. <laughs> They're awesome. They're so good. Next match is for the TBS Championship. It is Jade Cargill defending against Anna J. How big is Jade Cargill? So according to Wikipedia, yeah, she is. Only, I'm using air quotes here, only 5'10", which is what? tall for a lady. There's but no she, way she's 5'10". She looks like she's seven feet tall. Yes. Like, she's... She, God, yeah, Jade Cargill's amazing. Yeah. Um, she's on a, what, like a 30-something match win streak. Yeah, she hasn't lost she's really in a long time. Undefeated I mean. streak. Has not lost in a long time, if ever. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't think she's lost ever. I think, I think they're Goldberging. Um, yeah, but and justifiably because yeah, yeah. Um, and so versus uh, Anna J, who had 
this this match was sort of thrown together as well. Yes. Um, I couldn't remember any build up to this. I was no, like, basically Anna Jay came out and was like, "Hey, uh, I fought you once before and didn't get there, but I want to try again." And Jade was like, "Okay." Okay. <laughs> so it's like not really like a barnstormer of a storytelling here, but yeah. um, Jade's also out there with uh, the baddie section. Yeah. Which is Red Velvet and Kira Hogan. Yeah. Which are her sort of supporters. No relation to. No. No relation. This is a good match. Um, like they're they're very entertaining to watch. Um, All you need is like Jade Cargill, just like let her be big and strong. Yeah, which she is. is. Yeah. So are you are you looking at photos, Beach? Yeah. Oh, I've no. I am very familiar with what Jade Cargill looks like. <laughs> I want right. to be very clear. Her, her, she looks like she's carved out of wood. Yeah. I just am gogging at the fact that she debuted March third, twenty twenty one. Wow. Yeah. Like really? She, she, in, in 2019, she went to the WWE Performance Center for a tryout. Then she started training at a bunch of different academies. And then in 2021 is when she arrived at AEW. That was when she started wrestling. I would believe that, that she just, in 2021, that she just stepped out of, of like a vat for where someone was trying to grow like the perfect the perfect wrestler she like had, she what had, was she doing like, i would picture more of like they're at stonehenge and a lightning bolt yeah. hits one of the things what was and she... it cracks in half and there's just a human being inside and it's her yeah. what was she possibly doing with her life before being a professional wrestler <laughs> like there's no it, it's there's like, no information yeah. actually on her page there's no information at all huh. saying anything that else she's done before that it never like, existed they're okay. hiding something beach you crack this one wide open <laughs> that meme that always sunny meme Beach has got the yeah, lines everywhere. The Pepe Sylvia, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, unsurprisingly, she wins this match. Yeah, uh, retains uh, the title, and then there's some there's some debu- uh, some debuts all yes. of a sudden. So for a while now, Jade Cargill has been represented by her lawyer, Smart Mark Sterling. Yeah, uh, which is a pretty good joke. Yeah, who seems to have been fired. Because he is no longer her mouthpiece. Yeah. Uh, not fired by AEW. He's still involved, actually. He he showed up on um, Dynamite yeah. to serve Wardlow with with court papers because, uh, on behalf of the union of arena security workers. No because of, way. Because of all the security guards that Wardlow's been turfing out of. Because oh, during the steel cage match. so good. During the steel cage match, they all ran in and he just like threw them. He yeah. just like hurl, hurl, hurl. So he's, it's it's a class action lawsuit. Oh, um, that's so good. Which, uh, there, which uh, he gave him the option. He's like, either we can go to court or you can fight uh, 20 of these guys in a handicap elimination match. So that's that's happening on next week's Dynamite at time of recording. Four lawsuits should be performed like yes. that. Yes. I think yeah. our court system would benefit greatly. It's like... yeah. So, uh, Jade Cargill's new mouthpiece is Stokely Hathaway, formerly known as Malcolm Bivens in NXT. Uh, he's, I, I know, because you haven't been following... I haven't been following NXT either. Apparently he's great. I mean, I've enjoyed what I've seen from seen of him in AEW, but I haven't seen anything of Malcolm Bivens in in WWE. That's why I was WWE. confused. I was like, when I was watching the pay per view, I was like, who is? That? And people were like, Yo, it's Stokely Hathaway. Hathaway. Like, I... That's his real name. Really? Really? Yeah, that's his birth name. Wow. I was like, there's no way. Stokely. Oh my god, it is. Good for him. <laughs> Put on Make, your Stokelys. Making it work. That's man. <laughs> I can't remember what I was going to say. I lost it yeah. completely. Yeah. Uh, and the other debut is Athena, yeah. formerly known as Ember Moon, mm-hmm. who uh, is now much less of a werewolf 
more is the pity, but uh, is still very cool. Yes. And uh, so she comes out and she's like, Dude, she, she looked tiny next to Jade. Yeah, but like, but she's but like mad. She's, yeah. she's power she's a dwarf, packed. You know, like, yeah. she's like a. Like from Warhammer. Yes. Yeah. yeah, Warhammer dwarf. Yeah. So she comes out and she's like, I want, you know, to, to challenge you. And then that, they sort of leave it there um, in the subsequent weeks of Dynamite. Uh, Jade Cargill's like, no, you, you can't just come in here and, ch- you know, you you fight you fight Red Velvet or was it Kira Hogan? Uh, I think it was Kira Hogan. Anyway, great match, but Athena beat beat the pants off her. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, uh, Athena's great. Um, it's you know, nice what? to nice to see her wrestling again. I would love to be if I was a wrestler, man. I would love to be one of the lackeys. Yeah. <laughs> just the lackey that gets done like Brock Lesnar throws me around for five minutes on oh, yeah. TV you know and then I just like I get to dust off and go back and be like yeah sick that was awesome yeah you and right you, you and Wardlow have a similar haircut yeah we do yeah now we're basically brothers basically yeah same same thing yeah <laughs> we both love playing Uno <laughs> that's how we met Unfortunately, unfortunately, Evil Uno is not on the card this evening. No, because that would have been a great segue. <laughs> yeah. uh, but our next match is yeah. a is a trios match. They have yet to introduce a trios title yet. I think they, but will. they probably will. They're keeping track of the record, so I'm assuming that's coming, right? Yeah. Like, I uh, think a trios title is cool. I think, think so they, too. I mean, they did just debut a new title. They did. It's that's a weird a lot one. Of titles. So they did. They debuted. This is again since Double or Nothing. Yeah. They debuted the All Atlantic Championship. Yes. And the idea being that it's going to be defended through multiple promotions as well. Mm-hmm. So the idea is that it's an AEW title that can go traveling through other wrestling promotions, which that sounds cool. They didn't talk about that on the on the broadcast. That does sound cool. That actually makes uh, it a lot more than just like, oh, it's just another yes, title. Because uh, I was like, why? Yeah. Um, but yeah. Because now you could do a thing where like, man, that's kind of cool. Because like, let's say the AEW, an AEW wrestler wins the all Atlantic title, mm-hmm. they go somewhere else, like Rev Pro or yeah. like somewhere, and then they lose D- it. DDT, yeah, yeah, and then they, we they get like grainy hand cam <laughs> footage of like the loss happening, you know, and then that champion gets to come and get on TV, yeah, on AEW and get some exposure. Yeah, that that's great. actually brilliant. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay, yeah, yeah. The, my my only criticism is that it's called the All Atlantic Championship, and they have a bunch of flags on the thing, including the flags of China and Japan, notable Atlantic countries. Yeah, I was just gonna say, I was like, man. I was like, I'm not a geography genius, but no. I'm pretty sure Japan's it's a, in the Pacific, right? It's a good name <laughs> yeah. for a championship, but it does, doesn't... Anyway, uh, that's not what's happening here. This is a trios match with uh, the House of Black, yeah. which is Malachi Black, Buddy Matthews, and Brody King, versus Death Triangle, which is the Bastard Pack and the Lucha Brothers, so Penta Obscuro. What is it in Spanish? Triangulo de la Muerta? Yeah. Triangulo? Is that know. you made that you made <laughs> that one up? Yeah. And Ray Phoenix. You ever watch a man guess in real time? Because that was me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just gripped it and ripped it on that one. Yeah. Like, oh, triangulo. Um this is they've been feuding for a while. Yes. These two This has been great. These actually. two groups. House of Black's been awesome. Yeah. They're like spooky, but not supernatural spooky, but mm. kind of supernatural spooky. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's uh the more that the 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 like the darkness spreads on Malachi Black's face. The more powerful he gets. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird. Also, man, Buddy Matthews looks like uh, he's he's built like a truck. Yes, o- only an Australian can get away with ha- having a first name of Buddy. Yeah, 
It's just it's just one of those names that like only Australians get like Lachlan. That's another name you only find in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> Buddy. Buddy. Yeah. I don't know. This match was awesome. Yes. This was amazing. I don't this think there was like, any way this match wasn't gonna be good. Any match with a Canadian destroyer. <laughs> also, a Canadian destroyer off of um it was like it was Penta and was it Buddy Matthews or was it um, I, I think so. It was Buddy Matthews. Yeah. Buddy Matthews and Ray Phoenix were on the apron. And then like Ray Phoenix got shoved into Buddy Matthews and then Buddy Matthews kicked him and like, was like bent over. And then Buddy Matthews like went down for like a power bomb or a power driver. And then fucking <laughs> Penta jumps off the top rope and just like, or not like, I think he was on the apron, but he comes off the apron and like flips over and gives a destroyer to Buddy Matthews on the apron while he was like still tangled up with Ray Phoenix. And I'm like, man, I... Someone's going to die. I'm going to watch someone die, and I'm going to feel uncomfortable, and I'm going to have to stop watching watching wrestling for at least two weeks. And you can't expect me to be inconvenienced like that. Okay? So just everybody play cool. Everybody calm down. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah this 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 match was, uh, was excellent. How fast is Pac's like, little spin-around kick? It's amazing. Every time he He's... does it, I'm like, oh, my God. Do you think you could take one of those? <laughs> No, <laughs> I don't understand how how tall is hundred bucks. How, how tall is Pack? Uh, I'm gonna say like five eight, five nine maybe. Because he's also that wide. Yeah, <laughs> he is five eight. Oh, good guess. Nice. Ninety four pounds. Yeah, yeah. But he's 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 a square. Yeah, he's a square. Right, and he moves so fast, so fast. He, I don't understand how someone that shape moves yeah. so quickly. Yeah, and his, his the 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 black arrow his his. Giant corkscrew, four fifty spinny whatever splash mm -hmm. off the ropes. It's like, it's, it's, how do you? You're hitting G forces at that point. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Pretty much, incredible. So, the match. Uh, this feud isn't over either because the match ends. Yeah, with Pac jumps up on the on the turnbuckle to do the Black Arrow. We assume because yeah. I can't remember who it is. If it's Malachi or Brody King, that's it's Malachi. Okay, who's lying down in the ring? Yeah, the lights go out. The lights come back up. I thought it was Bray for sure. I was oh, that like, would have been dope. I would have bet a million dollars. And it's, so it's uh, it's Julia Hart mm -hmm. is now standing directly in front of Pack, and he's like, "What?" Because they've been playing this storyline for a couple of weeks now, mm -hmm. where Julia Hart got sprayed with the black because they were the House of Black was uh, kind of feuding with the Varsity Blondes, which is Brian Pillman Jr. Right. and that other guy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Sorry other, guy. other guy. I don't Who's know. the other guy in the Varsity Blondes beach? I, you run the, <laughs> you're the unfortunate circumstance of being with Brian Pillman's kid. Yeah. You're always going to be the other guy. Yeah. So, I'm so sorry, dude. I want to say his name's like Tag. I don't know. Lachlan. Lachlan. <laughs> no. What's the name of the group again? The Varsity Blondes. Varsity Blondes. Yeah. yeah. Is there, they're definitely a throwback tag team. Yeah. They're like, uh, you know. Well, I mean, Brian Pillman and Steve Austin's tag team were the Hollywood Blondes. Yeah. Garrett Griffith or Griff Garrison? Griff Garrison. Griff Garrison. There That's we it, go. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, That's close tag. Sorry, Griff. Yeah, sorry, Griff. So there's been like the storyline where like, uh, what's her name again? Sorry? Julia, uh, Julia Hart. Julia Hart got sprayed with the Because she was, she was like their... She was with the Varsity Blondes. Yeah. She's dressed as a cheerleader or like a, you know, like a someone who works at a soda shop. Mm. You know? Yeah. And uh, she got sprayed with the black mist and she had an eye patch for like the longest time. Right. And then uh, there were the varsity blondes were like, we're going to call it the house black right now because we want to fight them for 
spraying that black mist in her eye. And so uh, they came out and they got decimated by the House of Black. And then uh, there was like a moment where Malachi was like kind of like confronting Julia in the corner. She was scared and she didn't know what to do. And that's basically how they built off this. And then, yeah. I guess, and then she reappears here yeah. in the ring facing Pac. And Pac's like, what the hell are you doing here? And then she sprays Pac with the black mist. Yes. And he's like falling to the ground like, ah, you know, and everything. And then so she's that the, then House of Black wins the match and Julia Hart is now officially in the House of Black. Man, I don't know how there I don't think there's a world that exists where somebody doesn't succeed by putting being put with those three people. Yeah. You know, there's like some factions kind of like what they did with like the Blackpool Combat Club and stuff mm, like that, mm-hmm. um, where it's like I love what AEW is doing where they're like they take like two or three established people but then they just start throwing in like one or two like little babies with them yeah i mean it's a i mean it should make sense and you'd think more people would do it blackpool combat club is like it's less relevant for this for this show because they're they're not acting as they're like they the members of the blackpool combat club show up in a match later but just for your interest it's uh william regal is managing them and it's john moxley and brian danielson and wheeler utah Who's in this case is the the baby? The yeah, he's a he was a widow baby who bled a lot in that match again mm-hmm. <laughs> against John Moxley. Yeah. Uh, and then they were like, "Yeah, you're cool, join the club." And so now he's cause he's the ROH pure, pure champion. champion. Yeah, he's yeah, pure champion. Tony Khan owns ROH now. Oh yeah, by the way, we could talk about that. Not not like the corporation that own that he. And his dad are involved in that owns AEW and all that stuff. And the Tony Khan's the CEO of no Tony Khan personally owns ROH. Yeah. Um, cause they, they were in some dire times and now also they have the tape library, which is the, that's the, that's the, that's the value. That's yeah. the sweetest jewel. Yeah. yeah. And so is that the sweetest jewel with like any franchise really? I mean, probably. Really? I don't like, even know what that means. No, it's the sweetest plum is what I was, what I should have said, oh. but I like the sweetest jewel. Better. I don't know what either of those means yeah. it's, it's, the, it's it's the thing on which you make them the the best money back uh, generally it's like this is the thing it's like oh you get this much of a t-shirt you remember bart and lisa were getting 10 10 to 15 percent of like the t-shirt sales when crusty crusty returned to oh, yeah, okay. air and he's like what that's the sweetest plum that was the <laughs> because it's like the this, sweetest plum in the icebox yeah, yeah it's like it's the one that you want because you know you're going to make the most money off of it because you can always syndicate it send it to reruns right. do whatever you want with it mm. okay. Uh, okay so yes because i didn't even think about that i don't think about stuff like that too often because i mean that's people were like oh, i mean maybe wwe is going to buy the tape library just because vince wants all the tapes yeah right he, he, he vince wants to own all the history of wrestling mm-hmm. and he owns most of it but not roh um so anyway so they've been doing roh shows and they've been having some crossovers with like um ftr are the roh tag team champions right now uh, and they're in AEW, so they've been they've been doing a lot of back and forth, sort of like bleeding across. Okay, I'm not gonna segue too hard, but do you ever think that Vince just sits around watching wrestling in his own time? Like, can you picture Vince sitting when, on when his did, couch? When does at he home? have time? Yeah, I guess probably not. But I just like the idea of like right, Vince I'm, I'm sits down, it. right? Yeah, like it's, I'm picturing. It's, it. He only sleeps three and a half hours a night. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So it's like I don't know, 11 p.m. Friday night. Mm-hmm. He's no, 140 years old. Sorry. Yeah. Okay, it's Sunday night. Yeah. No pay-per-view. Okay. 11 p.m. Yeah. Vince McMahon sits down on his couch, puts his feet up, 
turns on some old some wrestling you know get some coliseum home video of like stampede wrestling <laughs> yeah puts on know? puts on the head mounted display and the and the headphones <laughs> yeah everywhere he looks he's surrounded by wrestling <laughs> it puts on a, like like a vr headset yeah, it's just yeah. tessellated just yeah. screen after screen of wrestling and he can just absorb all the wrestling he's like the lawnmower man of wrestling <laughs> yeah i am god here <laughs> You know, I'm not wrong. Uh, yeah, you're not. That's why it's so funny. Yeah. Hmm? With his, su- with his Sunday night steak wrap. Yeah. You know? Mm. Did you see? Yes, I did. Did you see? Beach, did you see? What's up? Apparently, mm-hmm. Vince McMahon's aversion to sneezing is overblown. Is it? Yes. I was just thinking about it today. You know who got out? <laughs> Wait. Whenever we do this this podcast, I always end up thinking about it for some reason. <laughs> do you know who revealed this information? Stephanie McMahon. Freddie Prince Jr., baby. What? Yeah, he used to be a writer for the WWE. For, oh. for a small period of time, they brought him on as a as a writer on huh. um, on Raw. Well, Raw and SmackDown. There's yeah. still hope for either of you. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I'm yeah. free. Mm-hmm. I have been. I the shackles have been gone. I don't. Have, I don't have to worry about sneezing on camera or anything now. Yeah, it's perfect. It's great. But yeah. apparently he's not. I'll fire your ass if you sneeze in front of no. me. No. No. Okay. It, yeah. No, you just good. You just. You don't sneeze at somebody because that'd, yeah. be, that'd be rude. You're gonna yeah. sneeze in his mouth, but <laughs> I thought just sneezing around him, he's just like, Ugh. sneeze in my mouth. <laughs> okay. No. <laughs> the next match. Yes. Uh, is the finals of the men's bracket. Wait, did we say who won? House of Black won. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because of Julia Hart. Julia Hart. Sprayed Pac. House Black of Black won. Julia Hart's in House kick, of Black kick. now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a good match. Very entertaining. Yeah. Go go, go check that out. Uh, next match is the uh, men's final of the of the Owen. The Owen Hart Foundation. Foundation Championship Tournament. Before you go on, can you elaborate on why... Like, does this benefit the Owen Hart Foundation, or is it just because it's been given the title, or is it like that, um, like whoever wins, there'll be a donation to that charity in their name, like that kind of thing? Uh, this is um, so the, the the winning wrestler gets a belt, which is not a title to be defended; it is a trophy. Right, you have won this this once. Yeah, and they get their name on the on a cup, mm-hmm. and then I imagine that the Owen Hart Foundation is getting a. a good chunk of money from AEW basically for use of likeness rights like they're released they've released like new owen hart merchandise basically because um his wife will never work with wwe ever again right yeah because that's understandable yeah because for those keeping score at home uh owen hart younger brother of bret hart tremendously good wrestler also tremendously good human being by all accounts yeah, yeah. um died during a pay-per-view when his entrance thing is like the zip line he was doing a ridiculous entrance with at Vince's behest uh, broke and he fell from the rafters uh, onto the turnbuckle. Live in front of a uh, capacity crowd. Yeah, and then the show kept going. Uh, and uh, yeah. Which is wild to me. Yeah, I don't think they do that today. No. They shouldn't have done it then, but I don't no. think they do it today. Um, so yeah, that, that's the short version. But anyway, um, Martha? Hart? Yeah. Martha. Yeah. 
to the surprise of Where'd no one, learned that name uh, as you know, it basically doesn't want anything to do with WWE. She was there actually at the at the at the result of this, you know, like thanking the winners, and she did a little speech and just seemed to be having a a, a great time. It was just nice to nice to see her, and there was a big thank you, Martha Chant, and mm-hmm. you know, it was that was nice. Um, so yeah, this is this is basically just sort of like a a tribute to Owen Hart and a way to support the Owen Hart Foundation. Also just an excuse for good storylines of this of this tournament. There's a men's tournament and a women's tournament, and this has been going on for months now on, well, weeks at least, on Dynamite and Rampage, and uh, it's been a big sort of bracket all leading to uh, these finals. So the men's final is Adam Cole, baby, mm-hmm. versus the Samoan Submission Machine, Samoa Joe. So I guess we should say that Samoa Joe did show up after ROH got bought. Yeah. Um, right. They had a pay-per-view. Samoa Joe's in AEW now, too. Yeah. So Samoa Joe showed up at the ROH show, and then he's been with AEW ever yeah. since. He's, he's been, been great. He's, he's been awesome. It's nice to see Samoa Joe again. Oh, man, I love Samoa Joe. He's I mean, so like, good. I miss the like glory days of Samoa Joe. Oh, know, yeah. Like the TNA days. I didn't watch any of that. But, man, I love... I never, like believed somebody more walking out to the ring than when i watched samoa joe yeah i'm like you are gonna hurt somebody that's why the crowd chants joe's gonna kill you yeah <laughs> I, the, I i think they're serious yeah it's <laughs> unbelievable i can't it's amazing he hasn't accidentally killed someone not Run. from not from working unsafely he's a very safe worker yeah, it's <laughs> just i mean he's very powerful how he didn't get a run in wwe like a, i mean his run was pretty good but like there was like some injuries yeah, and some it just yeah stuff. No, 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 sucks. Wild to me. Yeah, and then they fired him twice in the same year. Yeah, <laughs> they That's fired awesome. him, and then Triple H, I think, was like, "Are you mad?" And yeah. then brought him back to NXT uh, as like a authority figure, and then transitioned back to being a wrestler, and then they fired him again. Yeah. Anyway, I was hoping he was going to win this match, uh, but Adam Cole ends up winning this match. Yep. Just to you know, skip to the end. It's a good match. Yeah, it's great. Um, There's not really much storyline. Adam about. Cole. That's what we're here for, right? Adam Cole comes out in uh, his 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 outfit. He's he's wearing he's wearing the pink. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, oh, are they all going to do that? And then Samoa Joe comes out in his like black and neon green trunks. I'm like, oh, okay, no, I guess they're not going to do that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he's just doing his thing. You let Joe do what he wants. Yeah. Are you going to tell him no? And of course not. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Bobby Fish comes out to cause some distraction. Right, because Adam Cole's been hanging around with uh, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, mm-hmm. who, again, the three of them were the undisputed era yeah. in NXT. So they're now a team again in uh, in AW. They're uh, adjacent to the elite. They're the undisputed elite. Yes, that's what they are now, yes. Because, like, Adam Cole is in the elite. I don't know if Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, a tag team known as Red Dragon, mm-hmm. Redragon, Red. red I always read it as Redragon too, yeah. Yeah, it's Red Dragon, but they only have one D. Yeah, and so the D's capitalized. Yeah. It's like small R, small E, capital D. I am I am writing to you, R-E, Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Kyler Riley's been on a been on a heater of a oh, O'Reilly's thing great. as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Actually, I guess that comes up later. Yeah, it does. Because uh, they sort of throw another match together. But anyway... Um, yeah, Adam Cole uh, wins this match. There was a little bit of interference from the rest of the undisputed elite, uh, so you know it's not maybe not the cleanest victory. No, but it should be. But I it's mean, a victory. You, I mean, like by wrestling standards, like we as the audience are conditioned to believe that someone the size of Adam Cole needs to cheat to beat someone the size of Samoa Joe. Yeah, which I don't necessarily think is the best practice always going but i think that's like the wwe thing right we've yeah. been trained that's fine if you think that way you know 
The next match is the women's final mm-hmm. of the Owen Hart Foundation tournament. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, who again is a dentist. Just reminding Beach. Oh, I've been reading the thing, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> who still practices. Yeah, she's a member of the uh, American Dental Association. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, yeah, like does her normal dental work and then like leaves and flies out for wherever they're doing dynamite and then goes back the next day and continues to do teeth. So, okay. It's a passion. Yeah. Versus Ruby Soho. I mean, similar to the other match, but I think a lot more relevantly, I really, really wanted Ruby Soho to win this match. Yeah, but I mean, like you knew the second that Adam Cole was winning this match. You knew what was going to happen in this match, right? Yeah, Adam Cole and Britt Baker are a couple in real life. Also, Britt Baker also comes out wearing wearing pink. Yeah. And it's sort of like, oh, I, mean, I see. Fair shake, though. Like, at least this story, this match had a little bit more storyline implications going around. Because it did. It did play up the, like, Ruby Soho did, when she debuted, she lost her title match against Britt Baker, who was the champion at the time. Yeah, she won the Battle Royal and so got to challenge Britt Baker and lost that match. So she hasn't been able to yet get one over on Britt Baker. So this was like, it's the redemption arc. Also, Rancid was there. Yeah. What a a great entrance. They performed the song, Yeah. right? And it's like, oh, look, she's getting such a cool entrance. She's got to win. No. 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 Again, it's a good match. Britt Baker got the guitarist from Fozzie. I was like, cool. He was just like, man, I've never seen somebody have so much just happy to be here energy. Oh, wow. He really did, too. <laughs> yeah. He was just like, just, just going it down on yeah. the guitar. Yeah. Yeah. Fozzie, of course, is Chris Jericho's band. Yes. Yeah. So, it's, yeah, it's Ruby Soho gets rancid and Britt Baker gets the guitarist from, <laughs> from Chris Fozzie. Jericho's band. It's like that scene in Simpsons. I'll take Wade Boggs. All right. I'll take uh, Bill House, I guess. Uh, all right, I'll take Dale Strawberry. <laughs> it's like, I'll take Rancid. Yeah. Oh, man. I guess I'll take the guitarist from Fozzie. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so it, it it was weird. I'm going to I'm gonna skip to the end again. Yeah. Uh, it was weird because after the after the match, then they had the sort of the, the ceremony with Martha Hart, as I mentioned. And it's like both of these people are heels. Yes. Right? Dr. Britt Baker and Adam Cole are heels. But in this moment they're not being treated that way like by the crowd because it's because it's this is all feel goods with like the Owen Hart Foundation and they get these cool belts and and uh you know they get their name on the trophy and Martha's there being being wonderful and she's thanking everyone for letting for letting this whole thing happen and everyone's like yay look at Adam Cole and Britt Baker you know you know people are happy for them in this moment Mm -hmm. uh even though they're 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 bad guys so it's it's just sort of weird sort sort of weird it's like I guess that's like the uh, the hard part about wrestling, where it's like you can't. I mean, it's this it's tricky. Weird, it's this a, is weird old school mentality, you know. That's where it's like a heel needs to be heel all the time. It's, it, like, it's a weird balancing act, right? It yeah. just it, it it feels weird when it's like the crowd was super behind Ruby Soho and she lost, and the crowd's like ah boo Britt Baker, and then Britt Baker goes to the top of the ramp, and Martha Hart comes out and is like. Cool, and then now you get this neat belt, and everyone's like, "Yay, Britt Baker!" Yay, Britt <laughs> you know? Baker. So it's just sort of a—it's an odd, it's an odd thing. Especially when the tournament itself is probably a fairly set outcome, obviously. Well, they would have planned from the yeah, probably. Isn't from it the beginning. weird that DraftKings is a sponsor? You can bet on wrestling. Doesn't that, that just weird. seem <laughs> right? Because yeah. Excalibur wouldn't shut up about. I mean, obviously he has to talk yeah. about their sponsor, but there was yeah. like their the the show opens. With it's it's like again, there's no video at the beginning of the thing. It's just like 
Pyro and we're live, which oh, wow. again, Tony, please, some sort of intro video. But then it goes to, it's like shot of the arena, Pyro, shot of the announcers. And it's like, hey, what's up? It's uh, Tony Schiavone, JR, and me, I'm Excalibur. And our partner is uh, DraftKings. So let's go to an ad. And then it played this minute long DraftKings ad right at the top of the show. Yeah. And it's like, ugh. <laughs> Just yeah, in terms yeah. of theatrical flow, it was yeah, really bad. It seems weird. Dude. It's also weird to me that you just bet on it. Like They're like, who will use their signature move first? I mean, people can bet on the outcome of movies. So, like, no. It's pot- you can bet on just about anything in Vegas, right? So if you just, if you're like, I, we're betting on what's going to happen in the next season of Lost, like that kind of stuff. People, people do that. They bet on all sorts of stuff like that. Yeah. People were betting on who shot Mr. Burns. <laughs> No, they weren't. They were. Ugh. There were, and there were hard odds on like a lot of like Maggie Simpson was somewhere down like partway on the list, but she was still pretty highly placed. Yeah. So it's like you can bet on whatever you want when you when it's like if people don't know the outcome, that makes it fair. And you know the only people who know the outcome are the people who are scripting it. Mm-hmm. If they're not talking, then you can. Pretty Wouldn't sure the wrestlers say, be risk though, right? Like they, yeah. Like, that just opens up. I feel like this just opens up a whole door. Yeah. yeah. That's just a lot of problems. Presumably, nobody in AEW is allowed to bet on AEW on, for, like, presumably you're not allowed to do that. Yeah. Did, uh, did, I don't know if you watched any of the Olympics or if you have been watching any playoff hockey, but um, sports betting is now allowed in Ontario. Mm-hmm. So all the commercials, all the commercial breaks on any Canadian station now are like I would say sixty to seventy percent uh, betting websites by volume, and I saw there was a Beaverton article. Beaverton is like Canada's onion for those keeping score. Mm-hmm. They're pretty good. They're very good. But it was like uh, it was like people want sports betting to go back to not being allowed in Canada just so that all these fucking ads will go away. Yeah, because it's like it's like. Bet River and Bet Three Sixty Five, and but there's like four or five different companies, and there's just it's incessant. And the thing is, it's only legal in Ontario. Ontario has a very high population, so yeah, I guess you want to do national advertising. But all the other provinces and territories in Canada have to sit through all this horseshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when it's like, please just shut up. Just yeah. show me, just show me the same Canadian Tire ad three times. Yeah. In a row. Just, yeah. just give me the one where they, the one where they, uh, the more they cover tragically hip. Just play that one <laughs> over and over again, please. Right by a century. All right, cool. Please. It's a hundred years of Canadian I time. I beg of you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anything other than more Bet River. <laughs> what were we talking about? Um, about Matt Sundin and Leo Vegas. That's what we were talking about. Right. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we're talking about Sundin. the. We are later. Uh, it's the end of the Owen Hart tournaments. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. So next is. The uh, a the TNT no it's not okay this this match on paper was going to be really irritating and uh, I found it actually very entertaining I in love practice this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so this is a six person mixed tag match with American Top Team mm-hmm. so all ego Ethan Page the TNT champion Scorpio Sky and former MMA fighter making her pro wrestling debut Paige Van Zant. Yeah. Versus Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti and Frankie Kazarian. Mm-hmm. So a lot of sort of build up to this. Sammy Guevara was the TNT champion. Um, they he has in real life begun dating Ty Conti, who then they paired up on screen, which was a mistake. And their their gimmick has been public displays of affection and rubbing it in people's faces that 
they are uh, young and attractive people who are dating and that they fuck all the time. Yeah. And so, and people uh, hate it because yeah. <laughs> it's irritating. Are they heels? Uh, yes. They, are. Okay. they weren't at first. They weren't at first. But, but the thing is, there's, so there, so there's, there's heat, yeah. right? And then there's a subsection called uh, go away heat. <laughs> the X-Pac factor. Yeah. Where there's like heel heat where it's like, boo, boo this man. Yeah. And then there's go away heat, which is like, please actually just don't be on my TV. Ah, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Which is like, you're not booing the character. You're booing just the, the, the whole thing. You're just like, I actually just don't want to see this. The kind of thing that just makes you in the, in the audience just turn around and face the other direction. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, I just, I don't want to. Be, it was funny because like during the build up to this, like there was some part on Dynamite where Dan Lambert, who is literally just like if your dad who watches Fox News was given a microphone, you know, <laughs> like that's Dan Lambert. It's just like, yeah, he's a he's like they took the DNA of a, a bunch of very right wing can like yeah. right wing people and like condensed it down and made the perfect right wing specimen. Yeah. And there's Dan Lambert, you know, but he uh Boy, when he, he gets cheered, boy, can he talk? He can talk, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's great. He's a wonderful heel, right? Like yeah, his yeah. character. I, I assume he's not like that in real life. I don't know, but the character I see does not always match yeah. the character off there, the person off the screen. But there was a scene. There was a, a promo where like they were doing like Sammy Guevara and like Tay and like Dan Lambert was there, and he, Dan Lambert was just getting cheered, and he was just like saying all the most awful stuff, <laughs> just because people really don't like. Yeah. Sammy and Tay's character. So yeah. this is like heels versus heels because the thing is, American Top Team is is are they're definitely the heels here too. Right now, American Top Team is uh, they're like a, a MMA training thing that Dan yeah. Lambert runs. Yes, and so there was this there was a bit on Dynamite prior to this where Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti and Frankie Kazarian, somewhat under duress, break into the American Top Team like training center mm -hmm. and smash their trophy cases and steal a bunch of their like other belts that people who have gone there have won yeah. like from mma bunch of ufc tournaments belts. and ufc belts and mm -hmm. stuff mm -hmm. um and and they come out here wearing those belts right uh and so it's like okay so everyone in this match sucks yeah <laughs> right except frankie kazarian yeah who to me, saves this match. Yeah, he was great. So the the stipulation is if top team wins this match, so if if Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page and Paige Van Zant win this match, then Sammy Guevara and Frankie Kazarian cannot challenge for the TNT title while Scorpio Sky holds it. They they had to clarify that because in the original promo, it was Scorpio Sky said, if we win, you can't ever challenge for it again, Yeah, uh, which is not the case. It's It's as long as Scorpio is still the champion. Oh, but of course, from Scorpio's perspective, it'd be like, I will always be the champion. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So basically, as this match goes on, Sammy and Tay are just being the worst, oh, the worst awful. teammates, you know, like tagging tagging himself in when it's inappropriate to do so, mm -hmm. uh, or tagging himself in and then like taunting the crowd. And Frankie's like, come on, do the, get in here. You tagged, <laughs> you tagged in, get in here and hit the guy. Right, and it's as the match goes on, yeah. Frankie Kazarian gets less and less patient and yeah. more and more angry with Sammy and Tay, and it's hilarious. It's great to the point that there's a bit where 
they all start, everyone starts getting into the ring and facing off at one point. And so there's the three people over there and Sammy and Tay and then Frankie Kazarian gets into the thing and is like about to sort of square off and then sort of looks around and is like, actually, no, I don't care. Just yeah. You do that. And then leaves the ring. Yeah. And so then Sammy and Tay get beaten up. It, saved this match as far as I'm concerned because otherwise it just would have been like I don't care about any of these people but in this I was like oh please just please release Kazarian from whatever he's having to do here Frankie Frankie's kind of our avatar for (laughs) basically yeah Yeah, he's the audience it's like he's he's stuck with these two he doesn't like a great moment where like I think Frankie is like yelling at Tay Conti he's like what are you doing like you gotta what are you all doing and then Sammy Guevara tries to super kick Frankie from behind and Frankie moves and he Sammy obliterates Tay Conti like just like a gnarly super like I was like oh she's dead oh I just watched a murder happen and that's his girlfriend yeah yes. yeah yeah and uh yeah so I eventually um uh, uh American top team do do win Sammy Guevara and Frankie Kazarian cannot challenge Scorpio Sky for the TNT title um but everyone's just the crowd is just sort of happy that because man, Sammy Guevara especially was like really hamming it up during this match. It's like, should I pin this guy or make out with Ty Conti? No, I'm gonna we're gonna make out publicly on the ring apron instead of instead of me like trying to win the match. Yeah, Kazarian pulling his hair out. Oh my god. Yeah. So people were generally pretty happy with that result, just because they really didn't like Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti. A match that was thrown together on the Go Home Rampage on Friday. Before this Sunday yep. is Kyle O'Reilly versus Darby Allen because the undisputed elite, who we mentioned earlier, attacked Sting mm-hmm. and put Sting out of action for some period of time. And Sting and Darby have been, uh, Darby's basically been Sting's protege for some time. And so Darby comes out on Rampage and is like, Kyle O'Reilly, you beat up Sting and I want to fight you about it. And then they're like, okay, so this match is happening. Uh, it was a good match. I didn't watch a lot of NXT mm-hmm. when Undisputed Era. Uh, was around doing their thing and I, like i saw a bit of it yeah but apart from doing the air guitar <laughs> kyler riley had not made a lot of impression upon me yeah uh until this match where i was like dang this guy can go yes he can also he's, he's from vancouver he's from vancouver yeah that immediately makes him one of my favorites mm-hmm. i'll mm-hmm. latch on to canadians i didn't know oh, yeah. uno was a canadian yeah yeah evil uno's from canada yeah so that's wild so um uh yeah this was a this was a really this is a really good match. Dude, at one point, Darby went to go do like a Tope Suicida. That's the third one we didn't do. Tope Suicida. Right. The suicide dive. And he uh, he's like tripped and fell through the bottom rope and then just like smacked Kyle in the face with his feet. I was looked like, bad. whoa, it looked bad. Yeah. I don't know what happened there, but if that was on purpose or not, but that was wild. Yeah. yeah. Darby, I... I don't know how long he can keep up the pace, you know? Is he going to be okay? No. Yeah, it's like he's he he's he's young, but he is like putting his body through hell. Yeah. Uh and uh yeah, I I guess he's just going hard while he can and then worrying about not being able to walk later, I suppose. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. It makes me worry though. Kyle Riley wins this match. Yeah. Um which again I was not expecting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's been on a he's been on a heck of a streak. Uh, recently and i mean he was yeah. accomplished he was a pretty accomplished like singles wrestler in new japan and ring of honor yeah i know it's 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 weird. like this 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 is only a surprise to me and it's not really a surprise it's just i haven't seen kyle o'reilly really wrestle a lot of singles matches mm-hmm. right i was only sort of aware of him during the undisputed era 
stuff on NXT where it was a group thing. And so getting to see him in singles matches, it's like, oh, dang, he's really good. Awesome. But obviously this has been known <laughs> by other people yeah. for a while. So, But uh, yeah, that's, that's the extent of that match. Next is the AEW Women's World Championship. Thunder Rosa defending against Serena Deeb, the professor, professor, the professor of professional wrestling. Yeah. This match banged. This was yeah, really was good. This is one of the best women's matches, singles matches they've, they've, they've done. It was just really strong. Yeah, this is good. Um, Serena Deeb, uh, we've talked about before. Uh, she was in the Straight Edge Society. Yes. Way back when uh, CM Punk was on SmackDown and was starting his, like, cult which he began with Luke Gallows, uh, formerly Festus from Jesse and Festus, who had been messed up by drugs. And so CM Punk had cured him, and now he was the big bruiser. And then he asked for a volunteer from the audience to join the Straight Edge Society. And this one woman puts up her hand and climbs the ring, and they shave her head. Yeah. Uh, and then that's, uh, that was uh, Serena Deeb who uh, turns out is just a phenomenal wrestler mm -hmm. uh, also. Um, obviously, she was a plant. Sorry to burst your bubble sorry. if you thought that was legitimate. Sorry just to freak everybody out, but yeah. Random person from the audience puts their hand up and gets their head shaved. But yeah. no. Um, uh, but uh, uh, yeah, this was this was great. Thunder Rosa hasn't been on TV enough, I don't think, no. uh, recently. Like there wasn't really a lot of like lead up for this, and I I, I hope to see more of her because she's great. And uh, yeah, this was a really good match. But I uh, hope they just don't like because like they did such a good job with like Britt Baker and giving her TV time and stuff. Mm -hmm. That I hope that just like subsequent women's champions don't get the same treatment or get the same treatment, you know, mm -hmm. don't get kind of like just swept under the rug. I mean, because they're all in on Jade Cargill and the TNT, the TBS championship, yeah, which is the like secondary women's title essentially, yeah. But the the AEW Women's World Championship, uh, you know, doesn't seem to be getting the same support, yeah, on the show. But which, I mean, that's always been AEW's problem, right? Yeah. They haven't yeah. been particularly good at uh, showcasing the women's division. Mm -hmm. I mean, they are getting, they are much better getting than they better. used to be, but they yeah. still got a long ways to go, I think. The next match, and I use the word match generously, <laughs> is the Anarchy in the Arena match, uh, which is the Jericho Appreciation Society mm -hmm. uh, versus the Blackpool Combat Club and Eddie Kingston and Santana and Ortiz, a.k.a. Yeah. Proud and Powerful. So, <laughs> the Jericho Appreciation Society mm -hmm. have been around for, what, like 12 weeks or something at this point? Something they, like that, They yeah. announce it as part of the entrance. It's like, for the past 12 weeks, the Jericho Appreciation Society have been, you know, on a hunt to find out, you know, the best in sports entertainment. So Jericho's thing right now, because yeah. Jericho can always make something work, is uh, that he is a sports entertainer. Yeah. Not a professional wrestler. You know, boo, hiss. Yeah. Boo this WWE man. Yeah. Uh, also that he is a wizard. Yes. <laughs> oh, you got a problem with that, nerd? I'll throw a fireball in your face because I'm a wizard. Oh, stop it. Uh, yeah, like a full-on wizard. And you know this. Magic spells. Yeah, you know this because he will repeatedly say, I am a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> he will just repeatedly affirm when no one has questioned him about it, he will just affirm, I'm a wizard! Yeah. And he does the little, like, flash paper fireballs. Yeah. That's like, great. Just like, I'm a wizard! I created this fire from no nothing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Excalibur made a Discworld reference. Oh, nice. 
nice. Uh, and he, he, his Jericho was on commentary on Rampage, and he's like, "Shut up, Excalibur! I'm a wizard!" And just really quickly, half under his breath, Excalibur's like, "Oh, wizard's pull has a knob on the end. It does. Yeah. It does." You know, <laughs> and, and someone's like, "I saw someone on the on the like the Discworld subreddit was like, did Excalibur just quote Granny Weatherwax? What's going on here?" <laughs> anyway. Jericho can just make things work by yeah. saying them. I don't understand how it's he does wild, it. Right? It doesn't yeah. make sense. But anyway, so the Jericho Appreciation Society is basically him and uh, underlings that he can control. Because that was his problem with the inner circle, is that he didn't have control of that situation. Yeah. Right? And so it's him, Daniel Garcia, Jake Hager, Angelo Parker, and Matt Menard. Mm-hmm. So Jake Hager is still, is still basically Jericho's like big muscle guy. Yeah. He's the one sort of through line from from the inner circle um and uh the other three the other three are actually really entertaining yeah. i i watched a promo with them after the this match where they're like patching up their wounds and stuff and it was it was really entertaining and they had a uh there was a follow-up match with i think it was daniel garcia versus john moxley on dynamite and he comes out and just the way that he's walking and his like stance is he looks like this like tiny weeny little scared man Right. He's just he's like he's hunched over and he looks like he he looks skinny and small. And then during the match, he's like he's going amazingly versus Moxley somehow. And it's like it's just such a weird dichotomy. Like he looks like he's like, oh, this guy's going to Moxley's going to beat the floor with this guy in like 10 seconds. And it turns out, no, they're actually really good at wrestling. So so that's one side of things. The Jericho Appreciation Society. Yeah. (laughs) Wizard. And uh Brian Danielson and John Moxley, uh, because the Jericho Appreciation Society have been like getting in, getting up their ass. Eddie Kingston, same sort of thing, and then Santana and Ortiz uh, were were part of the inner circle, uh, and they they felt jilted by Jericho as well. And so there's just there's a lot of bad blood. There's a lot of bad blood happening here uh, for on a lot of different angles, and uh, this again match. It, the, no one knew what to expect. They're just like, it's going to be anarchy in the arena. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> it start. it goes to Justin Roberts, the ring announcer. Yeah. He's standing in the middle of the ring. And before the match starts, before he actually announces it, he's just like, he opens his mouth and like pauses for a second and is like, Ladies and gentlemen, Shit's about to hit the fan. <laughs> this is the anarchy in the arena match. Is, is, is that what he said? It was some. He said yeah. shit. It was something about like like this is going to be some kind of shit. Like yeah, he like he just like he's basically thrown his hands up. He's like I don't yeah. know what to what to call this. Yeah. Um, the match can only be won by pinfall or submission in the ring. Everything else is on the table. Yes. Uh, and so like, the match doesn't even. They don't even like fully get out because the Jericho Appreciation Society comes out and then the others come out all through the audience to Moxley's music. Yeah. The, um, the, which is, um, wild thing, wild thing. Uh, and the, they just start fighting and the music doesn't stop. Cause like the match hasn't really, has, has the match started? Has it not? They're just beating the crap out of each other. There's so, no bell. 
Through, I think there's a bell. I don't know, but the music keeps going. The music keeps going for like a third of this match until Jericho, uh, until Jericho and Moxley fight their way over to the soundboard, and Jericho literally rips a piece of technology out of the thing that finally kills the music. Yeah, and he gets booed for it. Yeah, but it just keeps looping wild thing for wild like thing loop for like <laughs> three times. It was like for like three, seven minutes. Yeah. Does, does the, did the did the song actually reach its conclusion and then start again? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's like um, Kingston just like grabs one of the one of the other guys and just like wanders off into the into the arena. The, one of them's bleeding. Mm-hmm. I think it was uh, John Moxley had a fork. Yeah, and started jabbing someone in the forehead. It was Matt Menard. The, the guy yeah. that the guy that Kingston's fighting is bleeding as well, and then they like gets thrown into one of the one of the merchandise booths and and a hot dog cart and sprays mustard all over them and. Yeah. Moxley hits Jericho with a boom camera. Yeah. Like he grabs the camera that's on the big jib arm and just like swings it into Jericho's face. Yeah. Uh like it's it, it's it's a mess. It's impossible to describe really because it's so many different things happen and so many different camera angles. Yeah. How they were able to this must have been hell for the director. How they were able to actually like show all the stuff that was happening is preposterous. Yeah. Um uh, eventually Kingston ends up in the freight elevator and they they lose track of where kingston is <laughs> uh, which will be relevant later yeah santana and ortiz do dives off of ladders onto two of the guys through tables like yeah. a synchronized dive they do they give like their finisher that street sweeper thing to jake hager through two tables on the outside yeah jericho puts john moxley in the walls of jericho on a table but the table breaks when they're both on top. Oh, of it, it just—it's the timekeeper's table. It just yeah. sort of—it just sort of collapses really, like slowly yeah. to the ground. Yeah. Um, and then eventually, well, John Moxley brings some barbed wire out. Yeah, of course he has a piece of plywood with barbed wire on it because of course he does, and puts it on a table, and then he gets thrown into it. Yeah, the, the table. That That's table doesn't collapse, and just he hits it, and then just sort of falls over. So he's like on the ground, stuck in the barbed wire. Jericho's in the ring with. Brian Danielson. Yeah. And then Brian Danielson has like the upper hand and he's like, I'm going to kick his fucking head in. He yells that. Yeah. And then he's about to do that like stomp thing where he like grabs both their hands and then Jake Hager comes with a bat and hits uh, Daniel Bryan in the back of the knee. And then they put Daniel Bryan in the walls of Jericho and JK. Oh, sorry. John Moxley takes the ring down. He like starts what? unscrewing one of the turnbuckles. Oh yeah, he yeah. Un- he unscrews the top turnbuckle, so the top rope is just sort of floppy. Yeah, and then he hits he hits someone with the with the with like the turnbuckle, like the metal rod part of the. It's still attached to the ropes, but he just like clatters someone with the yeah. turnbuckle. Then eventually we find out where Eddie Kingston is, mm-hmm. as he comes down the ra- covered in someone else's blood, <laughs> starts wandering down the ramp with a jerry can full of gasoline. Right. Because someone had tried, because Jericho had tried to light him on fire. Because yeah. Jericho's a wizard. So he gets in the ring and starts dumping gasoline all over Jericho. And Brian Danielson is like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Danielson has Jericho in a hole. Well, I'm they're, reading here, they're in so. the ring as well. He also gets gas on yeah. him. So he starts like fumbling with like a lighter or matches or something. And Danielson just like swats it away and is like, are you mad? Yeah. But you can't just light somebody on fire. And Jericho's like, ah, oh, gasoline's in my eyes. You know, and then so there's now infighting between Moxley Kingston and, and uh, Danielson because Eddie Kingston has gone 
so blood mad that he's trying to light a man on fire. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how I forgot about that part happening. <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's the like, part of the... It completely slipped my mind that Eddie Kingston pulled a, gasol- a can of gasoline out from the back and walked outside and then poured it all over Chris Jericho and then attempted to light him on fire, but if only for the good graces and common sense of Brian Danielson <laughs> that that life was saved that day. You know? <laughs> That's wild. So, yeah, that, and the, the infighting ends up leading to the finish of the match, yeah. which is that the, the Jericho Appreciation Society manages to win yeah. with a, 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 a technical submission. They choke someone out? Is it Daniel, Danielson? Danielson gets choked out. He gets put in the walls of Jericho. And then Jake Hager takes a part of the ring with like the rope, you know, yeah, and like chokes him, and then he passes out. It's like a twenty-three minute uh, again match, yeah. Air quotes. Uh, it's it's it was great. It was super entertaining. <laughs> it was awesome. I think I texted you. Yeah, I was yeah. like, hey, I'm finally watching Double or Nothing. What the fuck is what, happening? What is happening? Yeah, yeah, it was wild. Yeah, good good stuff. Um, some fallout from this. Yeah. Jericho gets like knocked in the ring and Ortiz cuts off one of his tiny awful looking ponytails and so then Jericho is like oh fine you want to do this and challenges him to a a hair versus hair match Mm -hmm. so that's upcoming on an episode of Dynamite and then they're having a blood and guts match finally yeah yeah at uh the Pandini took the first one away yeah and they (laughs) is it Kingston I think it is yeah he hands the mic. He comes out, cuts a promo. Kingston's promos are always great. And Regal is there representing Blackpool Combat Club. And he just hands the mic to Regal. He's like, you know what I want? You know what I want? We want I want to fight all of you. It's, Kingston's like, I'll take you all on one, one versus five. Right? I'll take you all on. You know what kind of match I want? Hands the mic to Regal just so the Regal, Regal can go, blood and guts. Like and then hands the, mic, games, yeah. hands the mic back and leaves. Yeah. He's just there to say blood and guts. Let them know why I want to fight them. Blood and guts. Uh, and then and then eventually um, Moxley's like, yeah, you know what? I could get in on that too. And so it sounds like it's going to be the same five, yeah. uh, five on five in a in whatever a blood and guts match is. But Anarchy in the Arena was already quite ridiculous. Yeah. So. And that's after the hair versus hair match, which I assume Jericho's losing. I don't, because then, but if Jericho's losing the hair versus hair match, that means they have to win the. I'm assuming that Blood and Guts is the, the, the blow final off. chapter, right? Has blow to be surely. So then they, I don't think they win the blow off, mm, right? Because maybe Eddie Kingston's got to win the. Yeah, hmm, I don't, I don't know. think Jericho wins the hair versus hair match. That's true. If we're going to take uh, wrestling storytelling into into consideration and the yeah. way they do things, it's like it's going to be less like 50, what they call 50-50 booking, which is like trading things to happen, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like, didn't they, man, I can't remember how they fought, what they fought before this. Because like Kingston beat Jericho, but then Jericho beat Kingston in something, didn't he? Leading up to this? I can't remember. I but. Yeah, I, I so believe it's just you. Like, yeah, there's like when they trade back and forth, like so the, since the Jericho Appreciation Society won Anarchy in the arena, you'd think that Ortiz would win the hair versus hair match, right? Right. 
but I don't think it's going to go that way because I don't I don't know if Chris Jericho would shave his head, would he? Maybe. He looks weird. <laughs> yeah. Has he, he has he ever done bald? I don't think so. No. He's had the short the short hair. He'd look a lot like that guy from Breaking Bad. Walter White? No. The old guy. Oh. Yeah. I don't remember his name. <laughs> yeah. I haven't watched it. Yeah. I've watched it. I can't remember his name. Our next match, our penultimate match of the evening, is a three-way tag team match for the AEW World Tag Team titles. Yeah. Uh, Jurassic Express which is to say the champions Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, defending against uh, Team Taz, uh, which is Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks, uh, versus um, Swerve in His Glory? Yeah. Is that what they call the tag team? I think so. Swerve in Their Glory? It's Swerve Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee. Yeah. Uh, Keith Lee's in AEW now. Yeah. Good to see it. I never watched Swerve Strickland in WWE. Me neither. But again, now after seeing him in AEW, I'm like, how do you let this guy go? <laughs> you know? It's like, how do you have nothing for this guy? Yeah. You know? Another good tag team match. Yeah. I wasn't sure that the Jurassic Express was going to retain. I thought maybe this, Swerve and um, Keith Lee were going to win. I thought that I thought Team Taz might take it. Really? Yeah. I mean, Ricky Starks is just phenomenal on the mic and powerhouse Hobbs is i mean he's a powerhouse he's look yeah. at the, the size of this lad he's big um keyword big yeah they had a good stare down with him and keith lee at one point during this match which was good man keith lee's phenomenal keith lee's so good he's oh, oh. someone of that scale shouldn't be able to move as quickly and cleanly as he does yes every time he moves i'm like wow that's a man that moves with purpose right? yeah. every every motion in his body is like he has a purpose and he's doing it and it's like he's in control mm-hmm. right yeah. There's one point where Swerve Strickland like clasped hands with Keith Lee. Keith Lee's like on the apron, and Swerve Strickland like hops up on the top rope and then does a moonsault off of Keith Lee onto the outside to like two people. And I was just like, "That's incredible!" Yeah, it's really good. The Jurassic Express do retain yeah. at the end of this, but it's awkward, like purposefully, and there's a there's some stuff with. Christian, because so Christian Cage is there sort of like as a manager and mentor to Jurassic Express. Mm -hmm. And at one point he like, he tries to sort of get involved. And I can't remember the the like specifics, but Jungle Boy looks a little sort of confused about what like happened in a follow-up. Christian, this is like on Dynamite, the Young Bucks and the Hardys are still feuding and so then Jurassic Express shows up and Christian on their behalf challenges the other two teams to a three-way tag match for the titles uh, as a ladder match. Mm-hmm. And Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus are like, what the hell, dude? Like, just on their faces. Yeah. They're, they're just like, hold what's what's going on here? Like, And it, 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 it seems like there is... It seems like... Intentionally or not, Christian is going to cost them these titles. Yes. Probably in this ladder match. Yeah. But the the seeds of it started to sort of show up at the end of this match. Mm-hmm. It was it was interesting to see. It's like they're not totally comfortable with what's going on here. This yeah. is this is curious. I like AEW a lot. Yeah, <clears throat> I like the way they tell their stories. It's just yeah. like it kind of all it's like I mean, they it's not have, perfect, but it, it does kind of make sense in a way, right? Like it's like they have you know respect for their audience to pay attention to things. Yeah, it's nice to be rewarded for like paying attention, right? Yeah, yeah. Which brings us actually, because 
it's the 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 match was very entertaining, but like storyline wise, that's the most interesting sort of thing out of it. Yeah. So that takes us to your main event, mm-hmm. which is uh, of course Hangman Adam Page defending the AEW World Heavyweight Championship against CM Punk. Yes. And the lead up to this has been very interesting. It's been incredible. I loved it. Hangman, for some time, always had this thing where it was clear that he didn't believe in himself enough. He didn't believe that he was good enough mm-hmm. to uh, to to be where he was until eventually he beat Kenny Omega and got the title and uh, came out of that match a uh, you know less of the uh, what what was the lower third the anxious millennial cowboy. Yeah. And a, a much more confident millennial cowboy, yeah. right? He really came into his own after that. It was like, I've done this. I've proved myself all right. And he's done title defenses since then, and they've been successful. And, uh, you know, things have been going pretty well for for the hangman. And then Punk shows up, mm-hmm. and he's going to have a championship match against against Punk. And suddenly that lack of self-confidence is coming back yeah and uh he gets flustered in promos against against punk the only time that he had a promo in the lead up to this that he that felt like he was really confident in himself again was the week that punk wasn't there there was a week where punk wasn't at dynamite and it was known that he wasn't in the building and hangman just like tears a strip off him in this in this promo and it's like, where has this hangman been the past couple of weeks? And then the next week they're face to face again. And he's awkward about it. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting. And he's his sort of thesis is, I'm not defending this title against you. I'm defending AEW from you. Yeah. Because he knows who punk is he knows what punk has done before in wwe you know he knows about you know the summer of punk and all that and he thinks hangman thinks that if punk wins the title then he's just he's going to become an insufferable ass yeah and he's going to be actively harmful to aew mm-hmm. uh which i don't think is an unreasonable concern considering <laughs> cm punk's History, the character, but yeah. also maybe the person. The person can be kind of an asshole sometimes, and he'd be the first person to admit that. But the uh, more so the character. The promos are just it. it it's so interesting because like Punk, in his promos, has been like, like not condescending, mm-hmm. but just sort of like, all right, buddy, whatever you say, I guess. Yeah. Okay. He's like, this isn't personal. You know, it's just like yeah, business. He right? he says that, yeah, right. Like punk, but he's saying that, but he you don't think he believes it in a way that that is like intentionally pushing Hangman's buttons. Yes, right. Yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. hey man, this doesn't have to be personal. This is just we're you know you're the champion and I'm want to challenge for the for the big title. That's all this is. Yeah, why are you overreacting? Right, like that's that's the kind of thing that he's doing. Why are you overreacting? Right, yeah. it's it, it reminds me of the like plausible deniability of the high school bully. Yes, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, nice shirt. Why? What's wrong with my shirt? Nothing. I like it. <laughs> right, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and it's like that's the that's sort of what Punk was doing in these promos is like well, I don't know what the problem is, guy. Right, and and uh, Hangman's like 
you were the problem. Yeah, you are the problem. Yeah, I like. I loved the uh, like. I'm not defending from CM Punk. I'm defending AEW from you. From you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that was sick. Was and like, so man, it's Hangman Page is the best. I yeah. think he's my favorite wrestler on the roster. And so going into this match, it's like neither of these guys is the good guy, and neither of these guys is the bad guy. Ostensibly, you could say that Hangman is the good guy, I think, and Punk is maybe maybe the bad guy just because he's not the good guy. But the thing is, he's CM Punk, so the crowd is still super into Punk. The crowd is chanting for both of these guys, Yes, right? Possibly a little stronger for Punk as well. I think so. Right? It's a little bit. But like, it's not... There is there is not a clear delineation, yeah. right? And so from the outside of this match, the the like the in ring storytelling is very strong um, of just what is like. Hangman is worried, mm-hmm. right? And uh, and you know and and Punk is challenged. Like he's like it's a good match. They're very sort of evenly matched. Um, they spent a lot of time like trying to hit each other's finishers. Yeah, they did. They did. They did the some of that too. in the build-up yeah. as well. Yeah, the build-up they were trying to. Hangman would hit, would beat someone with the GTS, and yeah. Punk would attempt the the buckshot lariat. Yeah. Um, uh, I I I just want to talk about the end. What is, is there anything that happened like during the match that we really want to highlight? Not really. I mean, like it was good. Yeah. I mean, they were like I like the storytelling of like working on uh, Hangman Page's knee. Right, because he did, messed up his knee. It did kind of play a little bit into the ending. Because, mm-hmm. like, Hangman, uh, I guess there's more to talk about before that, though. Because the ref takes a bump. Yeah, so they, they've been going back and forth, like, two counts, um, hitting finishers, hitting big moves. Uh, the match feels like it could have ended at any point. Uh, and then Punk has Hangman up for a GTS, I think, yeah. and uh, hits the ref. So the, so the ref is down, and Hangman gets out of that. Uh, hits a lariat hits a lariat and then gets the belt gets the title belt Mm -hmm. and the ref is down so the ref can't see and hangman sets up to hit punk with with the belt with the title to basically knock him out and assure that he's going to win and he stops and he has a a moment where he, you know, considers what he's doing and what kind of champion he wants to be and then realizes, no, I, I, I can't be this guy. I can't feel good about myself if I win the match by cheating, yeah. by just hitting Punk with a foreign object. So he throws the belt down as, as the ref is coming to and then Punk beats him. Yeah, catches him with the GTS and puts him out. And as the as as Excalibur, I think it was said, uh, you know, just very succinctly. We just witnessed Hangman Adam Page have a crisis of conscience right before our eyes, and it cost him the biggest prize in our sport. And he's because that's that's what happened. You know, Hangman was like, "No, I'm not going to cheat to win." And because he delayed, because he stopped and had to think about it, and you know, rather than just going for the pin, and, and eventually deciding, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to be that guy. He lost. Mm-hmm. 
It was great. <laughs> it was awesome. It was like the exact opposite of that old, like, what they did with Sami Zayn and Neville, well, now Pac, mm. back in NXT, where it's like there was a moment where the ref went down and Sami Zayn had the belt and he was going to hit Neville with it and he decided against it. And Sami actually ended up winning that match anyway, regardless. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I don't know. I was ups- I was more upset that Paige lost than Punk winning. Mm. It's like I didn't. I felt like, as from my viewing experience, I didn't think it was Paige's time. But I mean, I'm not the one making the calls, right? The crowd was so behind him choosing the path of good, yeah. right? Like when he threw the belt down, the crowd was very, very hype about it. Yeah. But the crowd was also very hyped to see Punk win because everyone likes seeing Punk. Yeah. You see. Um. So yeah, that so, was yeah, great. Punk wins. Punk's your new champion. Yeah. But, but has a match on Dynamite. It was a uh, Punk and FTR yeah. versus. Oh, I, why don't I remember? Who were they fighting? Can't remember. But he messed up his leg. He messed up his foot somehow, either in that match or related to that match. Was it Max Caster in the Gun Club? Maybe it was. I think I it was honestly Max don't Caster remember. And so then the, the next on Rampage on that Friday. Uh, he comes out and is like, "Hey, um, so I'm I'm injured, mm-hmm. basically, right? Like it's he said it in a much more eloquent way. But uh, the upshot is that he's injured, and he's like, so I I was gonna vacate this title, and Tony Khan was like, no, no, we believe in you. You're gonna get better. It's okay. You hang on to that, and we'll crown an interim champion in the meantime. So Punk is still AEW World Heavyweight Champion, but we don't know when he's gonna be able to defend it." And so what they did instead is they had a casino battle royal, which is their sort of Royal Rumble thing. We've talked about it before. Generally, they do it at double or nothing. But this was the uh, Tony Khan was like, no, that's the one now. So and then the the deal was the winner of that, which was Kyle O'Reilly, has a match. That was the first thing on an episode of Dynamite. Then at the end of that episode of Dynamite, him versus John Moxley, because he's the number one ranked male competitor are they have a match and the winner of that match which was john moxley goes on to uh fight for the interim title at forbidden door which is an upcoming pay-per-view crossover with new japan pro wrestling against the winner of whatever tournament new japan has they're just having no they're just making uh hiroshi tanahashi and uh okada no goto goto his name first name yeah but uh and have they done that already? They haven't done it yet. Okay. No, I don't think so. So it's going to be Moxley versus that member of New Japan Pro Wrestling for yeah. the interim title. And then the interim title will be defended as if it is the real title. And then whenever Punk is better, whoever has that title will face Punk in a unification match. Yeah. So I do think it's odd that Hangman doesn't get a look in to this. Yeah. He wasn't in the Casino Battle Royal. Nope. And they're just like, we're going to have the winner of that face Moxley. And then the Moxley's going to fight someone from New Japan. And that's, and it's like Hangman, the guy that just lost the title, isn't involved in this in any way. That feels weird. They did bring it up. I mean, did Hang- they? I Hang- missed it. Hangman had a match and he got on the mic afterwards. He's like, uh, just because, I mean, he's like, I didn't get it. I don't know why I'm not in this battle royal or like why I'm not getting a title shot or anything like that. I don't think I'm getting one anytime soon, but it's not the only title. And he was like, I want a Kata at the forbidden door. Right. But 
New Japan just had a pay-per-view called Dominion. And now Jay White has beaten Okada right. for the IWGP heavyweight title. So does so Hangman White, fight Jay White or does know. Hangman fight Okada? Don't know yet. Okay. Forbidden Door sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun, by the way. Mm-hmm. I don't know a lot of the New Japan side of things, but... Yeah, I don't know a lot about New Japan or like... You know, I mean, know the the, all, names, the like, all Atlantic title that we mentioned earlier. Yeah. Uh, there's three, three matches in AEW and one match in New Japan. And the winner of those four matches... The winners of those four matches will... F- face in a four-way match at Forbidden Door for the All-Atlantic title. Yes. So, and the, all the the four A, the three AEW um, matches are, the, the bit is that they're all not American. Yeah. So it's like, it was like Miro and Buddy Matthews and... Mal- no, Malachi Black. Malachi Black. Penta. Right, Penta. Um, someone sure. from Canada. So one of them was from Canada. Was it Kyle O'Reilly? Kyle O'Reilly. Was it? Okay. So anyway, I think Kyle so. That'll Riley be interesting. Went. No, Kyle O'Reilly's not in it because he won the Battle Royal. Right. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember. remember. Yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> the, the, you'll probably have seen a graphic on screen at this point to to explain it better. Yeah. Uh, so apologies to those of you who are listening to the podcast. Yeah. So yeah. Wow, what a pay per view! What a pay per view! Yeah, that pay per view was excellent. Yeah, I enjoyed that immensely. Yeah, it was really good. And I've been watching Dynamite prior to and since then, and it's it's yeah, been I've been keeping up. Yeah, it's been very entertaining. It's just it's it's amazing uh, what it can be like when you feel invested in the storylines, and that the uh, the the people <laughs> in charge of the storylines don't seem to be actively revolted by the concept of someone following the storylines. Yeah. So yeah, just different approaches, I think. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh just, yeah, no, it is, yeah. but. I, I know which one I prefer. Yeah, I definitely prefer AEW style of like both in-ring competition and their storytelling. I yeah. think is excellent. So that's just for me. Yeah. How did all that sound to you, Beach? It sounded pretty good. Um, I was adding up the length of the show. Oh yeah. Uh, which is well over two hundred minutes. I shouldn't say well over, but it is over two hundred minutes. So that's that's three hours and twenty minutes. Could have been three hours and thirty minutes. Did it feel long? No. No, I didn't. I felt like that was like an hour and a half. Wow, damn. Yeah, okay. yeah. Because yeah, I mean, you guys talked for two hours. Yeah, right. And that I, sounds like and, us. And an hour and a half of that was about the show. So it's like so you summed up the show <laughs> in about half the time, which is, which is good. I'm not saying you're keeping track of our of our segues or diet. Like, or what are you trying to say? Beach, you huh? did a 30 minute tangent before we started talking about the show. We had a lot to. It catch was up a lot on. of catch up. I yeah, get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was just kind of like there. I was. I was reading a bit of the wikipedia article where people are like hey what's how did everyone feel about this like reviews wise and and it seemed to be a, a thing where it's like oh this show seemed longer than normal and do you feel like it's too much when a pay-per-view goes i mean like we've had things where it's like oh so wrestlemania has been split into two days yeah and that seems like a long time too that's a long time yeah mm-hmm. i mean this one didn't feel long that's good when i watched it so that's always a good sign but you do run the risk right yeah as your roster gets bigger and you add more titles and everything else like you run the risk of not having a five match pay-per-view you know you'll have like a well we have 13 matches yeah 13 matches and a lot of them were multi-person matches so right. those got to run a little bit longer and then there's a lot of people you run the risk of cutting down time on other matches and there's time management and everything else but you have to also deal with that idea of if we have a stable that's of this many people at some point uh if you're not bringing in fresh blood to kind of uh like younger people 
or even just a different face every so often, you lose the novelty, but also you never end up building a stable of people you need to, to wrestle. You can't just keep poaching people from WWE as they're unhappy, right? Yeah. yeah. Stables don't generally, I mean, in modern wrestling, don't really last that long. You know? A lot of stables don't stick around. Like no. you step in, you're like, I might I might be at this promotion for five years, and then I have to kind of move on. Five years way. is a lot for a stable, I think. Yeah. Like a stable, think of a stable like uh the jericho appreciation system oh like that yeah 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 like i mean inner circle was around for a couple years i think i think year and a half by modern millennial standards it's probably like a couple a year and a half two years is probably the shelf life of a stable like the new day is is a statistical outlier yes they've they've just said we're never breaking up yeah that's good they're like if they try to break us up we'll leave (laughs) i i guess what i mean more of is like aew's total contract worker base Mm -hmm. where it's like you have signed on to be all elite so when I say stable, I mean like more all of the wrestlers who work in that in, in, for AEW. Oh, I see. You're not talking about like a wrestling stable. Yeah, you no, mean, I mean a stable I mean, worker. Yeah, yeah. The, the contract oh. worker. Like it's like you are on AEW and you might be there for five years and then it's like you might leave and go to Ring of Honor. You might leave and go to somewhere else. You might go be independent again. Right. It seems like everybody seems to do this. It's like I wrestle here for a while, then I get released from my contract and I go find some other work and mm-hmm. then I have to like find my way to another promotion and then come up with a new name because now my name doesn't belong to me anymore. Like, right. Yeah. That's generally only a WWE thing because most other places want to bank on the name that is known. Yeah, which, which is good. Yeah. So well, the part of the thing about wrestling is like you want to go around building your name, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because you are the product, right? You're yes. the, you're selling yourself as the interesting thing. Yeah. The, uh, I looked it up, by the way, the All-Atlantic Championship. Um, Pac defeated Buddy Matthews. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the other qualification matches is Malachi Black versus Penta Oscuro, uh, Miro versus Ethan Page. He's the one from Canada. Oh, Ethan Page. And then the uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling will either be uh, Tamaoki Honma, Clark Connors, Tomohiro Ishii, or Yoshinubi Kanemaru. Ishii's the only one I know. One of those four. So it'll be Pack versus Malachi or Penta. Miro or Ethan Page and one of those one of those four guys. Okay. Hmm. So interesting. Yeah, it'll be see it'll be cool to see what they do with it, I guess. Now that I know it's like they can travel, go mm-hmm. to other promotions with it. I think there's a lot of like potential there for like letting people see new wrestlers. Yeah. Getting new wrestlers exposure is important, right? And it's hard, but I think it's a pretty good way of doing it. Yeah. The uh, Forbidden Door pay-per-view is the next one coming up on June 26th. Their logo looks like Doctor Who. Like two weeks, right? <laughs> it's two weeks, yeah, yeah. from now. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's a big crossover between AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling. And uh, sounds sounds pretty cool. Yeah, the only, like uh, fun. the only confirmed matches. Ah, John Moxley versus Hiroshi Tanahashi okay. for the interim AEW World Championship. I figured as much that Tanahashi was going to be the one winning that. But. That tracks, yeah. Tanahashi is essentially Japan's John Cena. Ah, okay. Yeah, that's like his thing. Plays air guitar a lot. He's very good looking. Mm. You know, the beefcake of a man. <laughs> really. Awesome. I have to ask before we take off. Yeah. Privilege to smell his feet. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Peach. Yeah, Peach, what's up? I actually just want to end on that now. But yeah, no. No, um, you keep referring to the uh, it's double or nothing. Yeah. And full gear and revolution and uh, all in. Are we this sure is it's a, not all out? All out. 
Thank you. Okay. It, it's all out. Because all in is definitely like that is a that is a gambling term. Yeah, the that's buy the one they did. Thing, right? But then 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 it's all all out because they're going all out. It's still gambling themed. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, yeah. You're okay. right. Thank you. And then Forbidden Door is a bonus. Like this is not one of their normal uh, pay per views. I just I love the sound of it though. It's like oh, wrestling behind the Forbidden Door. <laughs> the Forbidden Door was a term that came up from the wrestling community of basically like crossovers with between promotions because since WWE had like shut that down, right, where they never acknowledge anything else, um, then it became like you know people from Impact started showing up on AEW, right, right, and then and then like when. Um, Minoru Suzuki showed up on AW, right? And so it was like, oh, you know, who's going to be the next to step through the forbidden door? Right. <laughs> and so now they're just like, we're just calling the pay per view that, that it's AW versus New Japan. It's very, it's very what if, right? Like the Marvel yeah. kind of thing. It's Except like, it gets to happen, which yeah. is cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, well, that, that's, that's going to do you imagine, it, I guess. The logistics behind the backs, behind the scenes politics that would happen for stuff like this. Yeah. <laughs> Like when you've got like two different promoters with two different promotions and they both want their superstars to look good mm-hmm. or their wrestlers to look good and they're like arguing over who wins and who loses. I'm like, man, that seems like a logistical nightmare that I would not want to deal with. Yep. Yeah. I just think about stuff like that. And I'm like, Oof. It's, hey, I'm really curious how it's all going to play out. Yeah. Um, but that's that's going to do it for this episode of Sidewalk Slam. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you all for for uh, joining us. We yeah, we're great. happy to back, baby. yeah. Well, it feels good to talk about wrestling again and it wrestling sure that we enjoyed. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Until next time. Yeah. Uh, I've been Graham, and you can find me on Twitter at Graham underscore LRR. And mm-hmm. you can find me. I'm Adam. Uh, you can find me at Wake Up Super. And Beach. Ah. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you do it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Find me on Mastodon. I'm at beach at octodon.social. Do you go on Mastodon that often? I do actually. Really? Every really? day I'm on there doing stuff. I only post there maybe once a week. I, I found that since I don't feel the push very much to do that, I don't post very much. That's reasonable. That. Yeah. You you do occasionally also post to Twitter. Yeah. Well, I screwed up and I posted my 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 Metroid Other M stream to Twitter because uh, on my own account because I meant to post it on ah. the Lure account and I was like, oh damn, wrong account. Well, I'm not going to go back and change it. Too late now. Anyway, yeah. he's Tuck Speech on Twitter. Yeah. Um, and uh, this show and everything we do here at Loading Ready Run is brought to you by you and your kind support of our Patreon at Patreon.com/LoadingReadyRun. Um, that's about it. That's Adams about it. edited it. Yeah. By the time you see it, and Heather gets our stuff online on the YouTube, and uh, you can go to the store.store.loadingreadyrun.com and buy a Sidewalk Slam shirt because there true. are there is one there. Yeah. yeah. There you go. And uh, that's it. So thanks for watching, everybody. Goodbye. Bye.